0: Are you out of your fucking mind? You remember how we took out Spider for Cruz? Together, Paco. We're unbeatable. Your Honda's not my Honda. And it never will be. Paco! I'll always be your brother, Vato Loco.
1: Never Spoilers Locos Forever Canal. This is Spoilers. <laughs>
2: Whoa,
3: see Malls. Spoilers.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Spoilers, a Patreon. Episode, Our friend Napa Valley Barbecue, a.k.a. Cheese Zombie, requested the three-hour epic with two names, Blood In, Blood Out, and what was the other name? Bound Bound by by Honor. Yeah. Um, He also had an opening question for us, so let's get into that. He said, I'm not sure how to word it. Something along the lines, how much did the 90s gangster scene affect you? Examples, did you wear hairnets, Dickie's pants, those belts that were five times too big, etc. Let's go, in honor of Napa Valley, weast to east, Corey Kylo Ren memes.
4: Yep, yep, yepa, Holmes. What up, this is Corey <laughs>
5: Kylo Ren memes. <laughs>
4: Probably my favorite three words said consecutively in this movie, by the way, when Spider pops up and says that on Cruise. Uh, My answer to this question is yes, I was influenced by uh, 90s Chicano culture. I grew up in a Chicano town called Oxnard. I lived there until I was 14 and there were some things that kind of like affected me, even though I was kind of a grunge kid. And also, I don't know. I was a lot of things. I tried to be in a lot of groups, but there was a certain fashion accessory that I wore. That was like very, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it was like gangster, but it was kind of like a gangster thing. You guys can let me know. I had to look up what the name was. It's a certain kind of belt. It's Mm. a canvas web belt. Are you guys familiar with that? Can you visualize that based on the name alone?
1: I'm Googling now. I yeah.
4: think <laughs> Probably I, not, right? I had no oh, idea. Oh, it's got this little
5: clip thing? It's like
4: it? the black belt that is like a cloth.
6: It's, like, um, it's not like a leather belt, yeah, but it has like that, the- It looks like a military belt. What are you getting at here? Did you kill somebody with this canvas mm. web belt? <laughs> no,
4: but back in the day, in Oxnard anyway, like the- local hispanic dudes like the gangbanger types they would wear this belt but with like a customized buckle that had like a letter oh, and that yeah. letter was like you know their first name initial so i had one that said c like in seventh grade so it was like that belt with like but it was like an old english letter you know it had c to be for like kylo yeah c right. for kylo ren means chilo <laughs> they called me chilo back in the day huh? my
3: friend used to wear these belts
4: okay let me ask you brett because this is the way it was for me what did he have an old english letter on the buckle or was it the plain so. buckle
3: it was a guy i told you about like very similar to you skateboarder type i don't think so he just had the the buckle thing so i doubt he was that he was definitely more into uh like black culture than latino culture so i don't know if that was if that translated or not
4: well the other kind of thing with this belt was you had to like It had to be long, kind of like Jason said in his opening question, but you had like the long part like hanging down. So, like, you know, the belt Mm -hmm. would like hang down like mid thigh kind of as opposed to wrapping around your waist. Anyway, long answer, but that's mine.
5: Mikey. Mikey, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, No, was not really dressing like this or anything. I had an uncle who dressed in this type of uh, Chicano style, and I have. Uh, family in Michigan who are I don't know uh, just they're not in gangs or anything but they're just like Mexican doing their thing up in Michigan <laughs> so it's uh, it's fun to go visit them and uh, just like em- see what what they uh, do in their day to day just like embracing their culture and cooking out and hanging out and stuff like that but I no I don't like the the particular style of clothes uh of the chicano style <laughs> it's a little w- too baggy for me how would you describe your style
1: mikey give a give a visual picture for our our audience uh, our diverse 60 plus female all 256 of them in that demo
5: <laughs> right now i'm wearing flip-flops or uh chanclas as these guys would say <laughs> uh with socks yeah. Uh, I've got some cutoff Nike shorts on and just a blank white t-shirt and a hat on. So I don't dress like these guys at all. It's also pretty hot here today. So Mikey, to you must cool. have
4: to dress up for
5: work, right? Uh, I just wear, no, I mean, no, when you work in TV, you don't have to work or you don't have to wear nice clothes if you're not on TV. Even the people who are on TV wear normal stuff until 15 minutes before they get on. So. I mean, pretty laid back, but I wear usually a sweater because it's freezing in there. It's cold to keep all of the computers and equipment warm, Uh, but just like a sweater and pants, so I don't have to dress nice. I just dress warm for the freezing air-conditioned rooms I'm always in.
4: All right, let's go I was going to say, because Mikey dressed like a guy that kind of like always got done playing like a pickup basketball game, like just like some athletic shorts and like some like... You
5: know, oh, I wouldn't comfortable wear that. Size oh, I wouldn't wear that to work. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: can Can we like point out for people who like find this pod that Mikey is what Hispanic, correct? So I don't just so cover our bases there. Yes,
5: that is correct. And if Stevie shows up, he's yeah, also so Stevie
3: is here. There we go. The, I just wanted to let people know that we're not a bunch of, yeah.
5: The man who went by
1: Latino heat in high school, Stevie. There's some that still call me that. You joined a little bit late. What <laughs> up, new Queen? uh, Cheese Zombie's opening question was, did you embrace 90- the 90s <clears throat> gangster scene at all? Did it have any effect on you?
7: It did have an effect on me, um, but in a very different way. So, like, Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec, Aziz's character... Once said that, like in Indiana, all culture like finds its way to Indiana last, which it's kind of true. <laughs> when he was like, "These people just found out who Nirvana is," like I'm terrified <laughs> to tell him what happens to Kurt Cobain. Dumb. Oh so, crap! <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god. So, I mean, it's true though. Like, it starts out on the coast and typically works its way to the middle. And I remember distinctly growing up, there was this radio station. That said today's top music at the very end was without the rap. And it always kinda bothered me. (laughs) Like
3: (laughs) no rap, no crap. Well, yeah. That's what it used to say. Okay, yeah. Well it it,
7: it really always bothered me. And it kind of shifted me into way into a way it's like, okay, but like I wanna listen to rap. Like, why can't I listen to rap? And so I definitely put it honestly, that honestly pushed me harder to find music. I never embraced it like clothing wise, but I did embrace it like musically. Like, okay, like who do I need to be listening to right now? And like typically like when Dre and Snoop Dogg teamed up for that album, which album was that Brett? Um, Yeah. Dre and Snoop Dogg? No, it was or doggy style. What was it? Dre 2000? 2001. When that album came out, I was like, holy shit. This is amazing. And I couldn't find it on any radio station where, like, you know, in Elkhart, Indiana. So long story short, musically, yes, I embraced it stylistically. I'm a pretty plain clothes dude
1: today's best music without, without the, the rap, rap soul hip-hop blues you know what we're getting at here <laughs> we, we know what they <laughs> meant we definitely have led zeppelin we know what they
5: meant and the stones
3: <laughs> to be fair it was top 40 music before kind of rap became more mainstream so and then they definitely switched when rap got bigger so what station u-93, was this u93 we,
5: we know what they're saying oh. DJ if you wanted rap, boots. you
3: needed to go to what ninety nine point
5: one. I used to know awesome. where DJ Sticky Boots lived. That's creepy.
7: Why? Because you could hear him because of his sticky boots.
5: <laughs> no, because <laughs> he oh he had a BMW that had a license plate that said Sticky Boots.
7: That's gross. <laughs> of
5: and I saw it his apart- I my aunt lived like right underneath his apartment or something, or above him. Mm-hmm. They lived in the same building.
1: Well, this is Pappy. I I didn't listen to a lot of DJ sticky boots. I cheese zombie, I was not very affected by the nineties gangster <laughs> scene personally. Uh I told a couple cross-country stories though. Like the one kind of like gang, gangster related story that I guess kind of uh happened to me or happened to our cross-country team is we had to um retake our I think sophomore year team picture. Because a guy whose name was Alex Rodriguez, no relation to the baseball player, uh, was flashing a Latin Kings gang sign when he took our team picture, (laughs) and like the coach came to us and said, "Hey, as the captains, you have to talk to him about this." And we're like, "Hey, don't don't do that stuff, man." (laughs) He's like, "Oh, just you know, whatever." But I, you know, (laughs) literally no effect on me. I I wore my flannels and my my t-shirts. From my graphic tees Uh that, that was pretty much the extent of my fashion. Uh Brett, what about you? You had jankos Does that does that count?
3: No, and that was like not much, but yes. Not Fum- much.
5: It's the and most was- fabric ever.
3: <laughs> not for long not for very long. <laughs> but uh first of all, we all grew up except for Corey next to Goshen, which I did the math like a few years ago. We had the same percentage of Hispanic people in Goshen as New York. So it's not like we don't, we didn't grow up not around culture. So I I reject what you're saying. But anyway, I was pretty big into like, musically, the gangster rap thing. If you knew me in that time, uh, mid to late 90s, all through college, still today, I'm like a massive Tupac fan. So again, I didn't dress like that and think I could pull that off. But Tupac posters and listening to music all the time and just really into the lyrics and everything like that. So yes, in a way, but uh, do you guys
1: have the dare officer? I guess I'm mostly talking to like Corey, Brett, Josh, who came to your school to like discourage sagging pants. Like
3: (laughs) I don't remember that mostly just drugs, but yeah,
1: I remember there was like an assembly and he was like, you know what sagging pants means, don't you? Yeah. That means you're available in the prison yard, if you know hey, what I mean.
3: Don Lemon Ooh. said it on CNN six years ago, so it's got to be
7: true. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, it was a very prison Mike speech, if I remember. <laughs>
3: I hate the dementors.
5: Now Dare shows up and they OD on fentanyl. And all the kids are like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do fentanyl. <laughs> oh, shit.
6: Josh, gangster culture. Oh, man. We beat up Goshen Elkhart area a little bit already, what we've all gone through. But I will say, playing basketball, um, mm. especially, I have I have this memory of being on an AAU team called Tiffany's. There are dozens of us. <laughs> Tiffany is one of the local AAU teams that used to be in northern Indiana, but there's a lot of older players when I played, and part of them taking me under their wing, even though most of them were white was like introducing me to the gangster rap. Uh, Jay-Z's Big Pimpin', I think like DMX's Up In Here. It's kind of like that era. Honestly, some of the songs were a little bit harder than that. And I remember being pretty, I don't know, just like mesmerized by it. Like I didn't understand it very much. I was asking for a lot of clarification with the lyrics. (laughs) Probably looked like an idiot. But I was also just kind of like, this is cool and different, and I know my parents don't like this, so I think that means I should like it. So it's kind of in that era of my life. But Pappy, Mm -hmm. what I really wanted to do with my opening question was make a sub opening question. All right. Because this is something that's weighed heavily on me in my own life recently. I need to know where we all freaking stand on accents. Because recently I thought I had been rocking a pretty good Indian accent, using it pretty funnily and tastefully. What? Like yeah, India just, or dot or feather? No, like India. That's a good question. The, country. Good. the country. At work? And, and all no. Just like with Trace <laughs> okay. every once in a while, like like hey like hey buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank God. you, come again <laughs> type thing. Yeah,
6: and she just like like undressed me one day about this and A. Damn. While she was addressing me about it, she also did an Indian accent that was way better than any I've ever done. She was holding just to, on to prove that. to me, just to prove to me that I wasn't special with what. Just sit I was down there. and learn, motherfucker.
3: Josh, tell him about that uh, Instagram video you sent me that you were like dying laughing about, and
6: she no, pretty much so...
3: accused you of being racist. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really, it was really, really funny.
6: I'll pull that up, but I. Before we talk about that, Brett, can we weigh in a little bit on just, like, what you guys think about doing accents in general? Like, maybe it is kind of racist? Nah. I, I don't get it. I, I nope. honestly don't get it. I'm asking. I wouldn't do it in public, but, uh, no, you can't. I mean, everybody does an English accent.
3: I'll say what I want to say in my own house. Hello, Gabna.
6: I feel like if you're holding back in public, that doesn't say good things about it, though, you know?
3: I mean... I just don't want to make people... I don't... I mean, I'm not trying to get any fights.
1: Stevie and Mikey gave me the pass due to the accent at the top of the pod. Yeah. It's an assumed pass. Did we? (laughs) But, (laughs) but like, Pat
7: ain't heavy. He's my brother. Like, do what you want. But, like...
3: Honestly,
7: I'm more, like, offended by people from, like, Fort Wayne who have southern twangy accents than people who do, like, Josh, who do, like, Indian accents for fun. So... I don't think I
3: don't see a big deal in it Josh I, I don't even know what me. you're talking about man
7: yeah cause I've, <laughs> I went to college and people were like I'm from Fort Wayne I'm like fuck you are <laughs> <laughs> it's like I grew up an hour away from you dumb shit quit talking like that
4: <laughs> what do you like what am I not understanding about this Stevie like
7: you're saying people fake
4: accents yes. out there
3: yes it's not very south they think Fort they're so barely. country
7: they the south okay so you have to understand this about Indiana Indiana, to me, has the most untouched accent you can have in the United States. There's no, like, extra umph on anything. It's the most plain Jane.
3: Like, if, if actors are going get- Yeah, we don't have, like, mm. Kentucky, Tennessee. We don't have, like,
6: Minnesota. No, we're just... Okay, but this is, is like from your look. perspective. I mean, just listen to how me life.
2: and
5: Stevie talk. Yeah. I, we're, we were raised in Indiana. We have no we accent have whatsoever. Accent. No!
6: So, like, you guys think we have no accent? This is... This is bad. This is a misnomer. We have
3: an accent compared to other people.
7: I'm pretty positive that acting coaches, like, base... Like, if British people are going to be, like... You know, someone from the United States, they base their accent off like Indiana because we have like, we're extremely untouched and it's clean. So it's
5: like plain text HTML. Yeah,
6: type. we are. <laughs> plain Jane accents <laughs> across the board. I don't so know. So are saying it's the best. I thought okay. like the transatlantic accent was like. Hey there,
1: Josh. How you doing?
6: Here comes Josh with his twangy sounds. This is a normal way to talk everywhere that's, I go. Hey, ho, hi. Yeah, in the 30s. I've never, I just never heard anyone talk about an Indiana accent. In exactly, that way. because we don't have it's one. Right. We're untouched. So like, I tend to I, agree,
7: but I feel like that's from my own perspective. So when I drive an hour south and there's people wearing flannel and cowboy <laughs> boots who grew up in a two-story home in a subdivision who talk like this all of a sudden, it drives me fucking crazy.
3: But that's how, I mean, I, I knew someone from uh, Alexandria, which is by Anderson when I was in college. And like, she definitely had like a twang, but I think it's like who you grew up with or know, maybe your parents.
7: It sounds like country my music channel.
3: My wife's family's from the South. So she got a twang every once in a while, but. That's fine. She's from the it, South. It comes out when she's yelling.
2: Yeah. <laughs> from the-
6: I will say when I, when I do accents, I'm not doing them with hate in my heart towards the people. I think it's funny But if I need to like wake up and realize that it's funny at the expense of someone else, then maybe that's like not worth it.
3: Yeah, don't care.
6: Well, that's on you.
1: Yep, it is. I think it's different if you're like making fun of someone, and like an individual versus like, hey, can you sound like someone from this place? Like I don't know. Have you ever heard like a Baltimore accent? I can't do it, but it's like the most disgusting speech pattern.
3: That's become my least favorite. Accent the Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland. I love and, like, the Baltimore. Eastern accent. West I cannot oh, love like, so it. Gross. Pat McAfee. I like. I like him. It's like the T. I, I can't even. What do the it. Newport? Uh, it's it's hard to. I have to find a good example, but
7: the Ravens. Or that just can't even, listen yeah. to Omar from The Wire. Does
3: it perfectly? My daughter. My daughter. Yeah. In know. your worder Yeah.
6: Aren't you guys? Have Have you guys ever seen one of those videos where it's like? what English sounds like to a non-native speaker. And it's like... <laughs> yeah,
1: sounds like The Sims. Yeah, yeah they're
6: <laughs> dancing and singing in faux English. That's really fascinating. But Brett, I was able to find that video. Do you want me to play that video? Oh, yeah. That you're talking about from Instagram? Okay, so it's <laughs> the, the meme says no one. Colon and then it's just blank and then it says Hispanic parents oh, and it goes through a litany of. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. You better it's you just,
5: better post this in the thread so me and Stevie
6: can verify yeah. what's going it's on. It's done here. by
3: it's done by Hispanic people though I believe.
6: It starts with Papa John's goes to Home Depot, AT then Walmart. Oh no! But, but someone <laughs> photoshops like the pronunciation into the oh signs no. and then someone says it and they're just like crack Papa Yans <laughs> P- dude it says P A P A Y O N Yeah I know
7: I was... <laughs> there's no J I know.
6: But you have to listen to this and I think that like a big part of the humor is just this person like laughing along. So just, just listen to this. Check it out Home
2: <laughs> people AT&T, Walmart, Goody, Burger King, McDonald's, <laughs> Little C, <laughs>
6: <Street, laughs> Little Caesar,
2: <laughs> Starbucks <Stabacopi, laughs> coffee, Costco wholesale, Gold Star member, Dunkin' Donuts, Yankee Box, <laughs> <laughs> <Buddy's eating. laughs>
6: okay okay so you guys <laughs> yeah, i
3: was i was gonna tag uh when this episode came out i was gonna send it to shay serrano i don't think i'm gonna anymore
6: yeah no do it <laughs> That seemed that's like so wholesome and funny to me. No, I do.
3: It, it's more of just that's funny. Everything we've talked about is like, that yeah.
6: bad, Mikey? Is that no. terrible?
5: I, I, is it a white guy? Who is it?
6: I think it's Hispanic people. I think it's uh-huh. a Hispanic guy just kind of reading through it and laughing guess <laughs> <laughs> he reads When you said it. Papa yeah, John's, I was like, oh yeah, I know <laughs> where this is
3: going. <laughs> I like where he says a Starbucks with an E.
1: I think the accent stuff's funny. I, Nothing's worse though, than when like a white person all of a sudden like starts throwing some like zest when they're speaking normally, like, oh, you know, uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, you know, or España or something. Like, you know what I'm I think that's
7: about? natural, though. I think that's really natural. I hate when people do that. I it's know, like- but I have a coworker who's like whiter than, you know, a jug of milk, and he married someone from Venezuela and became 100% like bilingual, <laughs> and like when he's out on the floor, or you know, speaking to Hispanic people like that's different. I know, but you're his accent, Spanish. like his accent, just changes and it comes out, but it sounds super natural.
6: I've heard people speak normally without a lisp, and then they change to Spanish, Spanish, and they have that like Carpacho. Spain accent lisp while they speak Spanish. I think
4: you have to put the accent on if you're gonna like take on the language. You know, like I don't know Spanish. <laughs> I know a couple of slang words. But, like, I feel like if I did speak Spanish, I would try to use, like, that accent so they'd understand me better. I don't know. It just I sounds be like, better, too. Orale. I'd be
3: like, orale. Orale. Do you have any Spanish in you, Corey?
5: Orale.
3: <laughs> Chale. What'd you say, Brett? Do you have any Spanish, Hispanic, uh, Latina in you?
4: Yeah, my grandfather's Hispanic.
5: Ooh,
2: oh, nice. So three, to,
5: three to three
4: here.
2: Yeah, we here, we go. here we go. Here we go. a bunch of AVers
7: up here in here. AVs right. reverse La Honda.
3: Yeah. You don't want the race war. All
1: right, we're getting into it now, Corey. I want to yeah. start with you, though. You, uh, I think you were the only one who had seen this movie, potentially, and you were very excited when our friend Cheese Zombie, uh, picked it. I like to ask you this question. How would you describe Blood In, Blood Out to someone who hadn't seen it before?
4: I would describe it like a mob epic, but one that is kind of unknown. Now, I say kind of unknown because my film bro friends like you might not have seen it until we did this podcast. Some of you, anyway.
1: Listen, I started watching movies when I saw Whiplash. I never went back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a perfect era to start. Uh,
4: But this movie, it has, like, my SoCal friends, like, everyone knows this movie. Like, in Chicano neighborhoods, everyone knows this movie. And it's funny, too, because when you talk to someone about this movie that knows this movie, like especially out here in the L.A. County area, like they get really hyped up about it. Like people want to talk about this movie. So that's like the reaction you get among Blood In, Blood Out fans. Like everyone gets super excited and they start quoting it. Give me some fucking (laughs) chon-chon. But (laughs) for guys like you or, you know, other people that, you know, are into movies, but just, you know, this one kind of escaped them somehow because it doesn't have like the notoriety as like. Goodfellas of the Godfather, I'd say it's that similar uh, vibe of like the kind of like long crime epic, Mm -hmm. uh, epic mob movie. So, you know, it's like long sweeping. It spans over a very long period of time. It follows multiple characters. I think it it hits all those beats. You know, it's it's dark when it needs to be dark. But the thing about this movie is it has this weird fucking humor to it, like this weird what the actor uh, Damian Chapa, who plays Miklo, would call dark humor, but to me, it's just like ridiculous humor. Some things are so absurd that you can't help but laugh.
3: Dude, how much did you probably loved when the kid killed himself? Right? Correct you up? No, <laughs> no that's that's
4: exclusive to my girl. <laughs>
3: okay, Brett's coming in hot with the death.
7: <laughs> but which I, is like Go ahead. Well.
1: I yeah I had never heard of this before, so I had no idea what we were getting into. And I we record these on a Thursday, I watched it on Tuesday, and I was all fucking in. And then Josh, you started watching it, and I think you were like fifteen minutes in, and you said this is two steps
6: away from the room, which blew my fucking mind.
3: The first ten to twenty minutes of this movie are bad.
6: Said a half step, a half step away. They
3: the acting is awful. It does get better and better as the movie goes on. But I'm with Josh on that.
0: On that part alone. Miko, tell those wet bats to step on it or They ain't gonna get paid. Did you hear what I said? I heard you. Get their asses moving. I got two more trucks on the way. You're already humping, it. you ordered too much. That's fifteen hundred bucks worth of mud. Now you tell them to get it down, or they can pay for it. Good mistake. Tell them yourself. Don't ever take the side of a Mexican over your father. Just tell him. Fuck you! You're a grateful little punk. I'm the one that kept you out of jail. You love him so much, get a broom and you can get the same thing they're getting. they will get a man around this through. son of a bitch! Find yourself another slave, dad! I'm going home! Get down!
2: Get fired! I'm calling your probation officer!
4: <laughs> well, Miklo's dad sets a bad precedent at the beginning of the movie, right? I think that's like the most notable bad acting in the movie. He's like so over the top and overacting in Miklo's uh, flashback. But I think aside from him, it's not
6: bad in the beginning. Personal take.
1: What made you say that, Josh? Half step away from the room.
6: I think the biggest thing, number one, is Miklo's presence at the beginning of this movie. He's... He's like a, a post 30 white dude.
1: Playing a 17 year old. <laughs> that tree is He's close to me.
0: It's good to be home. Que no. Hey, sabes que ese? My paintings made it to the finals. De veras, man? You really made Simone it? Simon and all of Califas, I'm stealing. You will. They'll give the price to you, homie. the Not best. Not bad for a Chicano, eh? Que no. Hey. Oye. Oye. Crucito. What's up, You still have your quills and inks? Simón, why? All right, get down, James Brown. Put the needle in, huh? I want my VL tattoo. Hey, take a look in the mirror, Will. Does it snow in LA? Does a white boy get a VL placazo? No, he don't. I'd have my placa now. The judge and told me at these laws. Charlie, you wouldn't have shit, Milkweed. Some serious shit, homes. You don't wash off. First sign of trouble, you'd be running back to your white boy daddy in Las Vegas. Like, yeah, bato, <laughs> déjalo. Oye, yeah, Just wait till your numbers called this and eh? you'll get one. In Indiana,
6: in la Jura, La Jura! Yeah, trying trying to blend in with the other 17 year olds who are Hispanic. It's just not working. I think the acting in general in this movie isn't its strong point. Same. And like I say that with love, okay? Because I, I I've changed my tune after watching further than the first fifteen minutes, Pappy. <laughs> but I will say too, like I I don't think the cinematography is like great in this movie either. And so I think you put all those three things together. Like I I like what they show, Stevie. I don't think every frame is a piece of art. You know, this is more bare bones. Um, this is. Uh, you haven't seen tra- American Me, Josh. I haven't seen that. It's Why do you higher. keep mentioning that? Critically Be- relate,
3: uh, rated in this.
7: No, it's not. 100% no, it's not.
3: On Metascore, it's about 20 points higher.
7: Talk about poor cinematography. Watch that movie. That movie looks like a home video. Like That movie and this movie are like purely identical. And this one looks like a masterpiece compared to that one.
6: Okay. <laughs> So that movie is it like riddled with like kind of like maybe white balance mistakes, super shaky, shit, shit out of frame stuff like that.
7: William Forsythe, who was in The Rock, and is like whiter than white paint, plays the Miklo character with a hundred percent more offensive like accent. It's a hard watch. You should watch it sometime.
4: That is William Forsythe. That's right.
7: Yeah, it's it's a horrifically hard watch.
4: American Me, guys, is the other Mexican Mafia movie, except they actually use the actual name of the Mexican mob, which is La
2: Yeah,
4: uh, starring and directed by Edward James Olmos, and got a lot mm. of people killed in the production of that yes. movie by the Mexican Mafia. And yeah,
3: he, uh, he had a he had a hit put yes. out on him, too.
6: Wow. Going back to the cinematography, though, Pat, we've talked about when you're an indie movie, you use the scenery to your advantage. And I do think they do that because, like, the... At the beginning and end of the movie, you think of a lot of the images of the Dio de los Muertos parades, and it is cool they're using that. You get a real like slice of life. But if you're looking at it just like shot by shot, none of them are like like y- y- there's not like great sunset vistas or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's just very much ground level sh- shooting. I guess. Does that make sense at all,
5: Pappy?
1: What about the tree?
5: The yeah, tree the tree. East we east 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 get a we get a whole helicopter ride for end credits to get back to the tree. Yeah, bro. The tree, that tree is he close to me, Holmes.
7: Yeah.
6: <laughs> I'm ready to get more positive, guys, because I love this fucking movie, and I'm so sorry Good. that I didn't like the first beginning of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Josh.
7: This movie like follows like even in the beginning, it follows the rule of a glorious '90s movie.
5: I think that's Josh's problem is uh he's not taking into account that this is a nineties movie. They yeah. have a nineties movie that has like amazing cinematography that you're just like, wow, what that's fucking incredible. Like this Shift is just a list. dad this is a dad afternoon fall asleep on the couch type movie.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four hour block on TNT. <laughs> Five and, and a
7: half.
6: This TNT. is jugger level cinematography
7: though. Oh my No, Josh. Oh, dude, dude <laughs> you are
1: that's just not true. There were whole things in Jugger you couldn't see. I'm going to shank Josh the next <laughs> time I see him. And I would also say the, the acting's not We all like Jugger, bad.
6: except Pappy. So it's fine. I don't <laughs>
1: think the acting's that bad. Damien Chapa is good as Miklo. Like we mentioned, he's a uh, white-skinned uh, Latino guy. Also, Mikey, arguably the most handsome man I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, oh, yeah.
5: Dude, Paco. he's so good-looking. I was gonna say, and he looks like a different person like every twenty minutes in this movie, but it's still the most handsome man in the whole
6: whole shebang. Like, is he got a Cristiano Ronaldo thing going on? Yes,
1: definitely.
6: His jaw could cut diamonds.
3: (laughs) I believe it's five five Movie Club for him
6: as well.
5: Really, really,
3: without miscongeniality? Yeah, we got Coco. We got to do that.
6: That's half. Is he in Stigmata?
3: Coco, Doctor Strange. This movie, Demolition Man, and
2: Crap.
5: Catwoman?
3: Catwoman, yes. Catwoman.
5: Oh.
4: There's no way I didn't bring up Blood and Blood Out on the Catwoman podcast. We got to give that a real listen. This dude plays a cop so fucking often that he should just be a cop. Yeah.
6: Wasn't he a cop in (laughs) Law
7: and Order?
4: Yes.
6: (laughs) I would assume he is a cop in real life, guys. Probably is, like honestly, for real. <laughs> but Cory, he tells a little bit about
1: Paco, who who he is, um maybe even a little bit here in this opening opening third of the movie.
0: Yeah.
4: Paco Aguilar, El Gallo Negro, and he's got a great <laughs> right uppercut.
0: You do this to people in Beverly Hills, eh? Take off the glasses, please. You look familiar. You got a record? Y- yes, sir. He's got a record. He's got a great record. The Black Rooster, thirteen KOs. Paco Aguilar, El Gallo Negro. He's got a great right uppercut. You uh, you used to train at the Boys Club, didn't you? Two years, second division, Golden Gloves, till till he broke his wrist. Yeah, I remember. See, really, what the?
2: This
0: your car? Well, I I just painted it, sir. What do you think?
2: It looks nice.
6: Listen, uh, just raise up the bumper a few inches, okay? Like your uppercut.
0: (laughs) Thank you, officer, we will, sir. That's all right, Joe. Pinche culero didn't have that fucking badge between us. we see who was who. Shut eh? the fuck up, you say. Don't be using my boxing anymore, eh? Oh, Don't be stupid as he just trying to save our asses. Won't yeah, I let you put my hat off my head once, Vato, but you better keep your fucking face out of my business before I put you down, Milkweed. Yeah, yeah, Vato. Come on, let's get this ramfla back. Shh. You know it.
4: <laughs> Paco is like what you would say like the leader of Miklo's gang is, which is Vatos Locos, right? They're just some teenagers that live in East Los that they, you know, they, they're in a gang, but it seems to be mostly just like a territorial yeah. uh, dispute gang. They just kind of like mm-hmm. they claim certain territory by tagging an alley and uh that kind of causes things to escalate for them. But Benjamin Bratt is definitely like the most hot headed. You know, he always is kind of pissed off. He has a bad attitude. He's definitely like the angriest and quickest to react of the bunch early on.
3: Early on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Miklo, Miklo or Mikla. I think he actually reminded me of scrappy do. Um, <laughs> he literally takes yeah. everything as offense and like wants to scrap with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like when he loses his leg, it's like, you can't, which he forgets as an actor that he's supposed to not have a leg, but we'll get to that. I'm sure at some point.
1: He's uh he's got a lot to prove. I feel like right, like I feel like like the Scrappy oh, yeah. Doo syndrome. He
3: got to prove like double what everybody else does.
1: Yeah, exactly to prove that he's part of the gang. Like he's the one escalating things. He's the one breaking the uh what do you call it like rear windshield of the car when they're they're tagging their alley. You know this this movie's really made up of the three we said Miklo we mentioned Paco. Uh Joshua tell us about Cruz, the, the artist of the group.
6: Ah yes. He's ah, he's so chill. I love this yeah, guy. I like Cruz. He go he goes through ups and downs in the movie, and I think we'll get to his like end arc probably later on because it's pretty important. But he's mm-hmm. he's kind of like there's a cliche in these movies of people growing up in the hood or in like the poor part of town where like one of them kind of has a transcendent talent and that's him. He can, it's painting, right? Painting specifically. Mm -hmm. He's, -hmm. he's, he's like a really good painter and he, what's kind of like a cool meta thing that I've been trying to think a little bit more of since I watched the movie is like how his art changes through the years and um he's kind of always painting his friends the the like lifestyle of the streets he's like kind of a reflection of the culture that he lives in and the tension kind of ramps up pappy when that culture that he's like portraying butts up against like this upper crust society because he's he becomes a successful painter, but his paintings are kind, of succe- are kind of expensive. He has like this agent, and there's like rich white people buying this that are kind of making light of maybe his situation or something. It's a very early on tension with his art, right?
0: Listen, Janice, I need a cash advance. Can you help me? I've already given you three advances. I need some money, Janice. What good is it to have a show if I don't sell anything? Cruz, most of your paintings are already spoken for by important collectors.
2: What? You'll be completely sold out by the end of the night.
0: (laughs) Sold out? All of it? Well, then why can't I get some money tonight, then? Doesn't work that way. The checks go to the accountant to be processed. No, I need some money now. Do you understand me? Tonight. Come on. I sold out, so I deserve some, right? You've got a brilliant career ahead of you, Cruz. But all that talent can go right in the garbage. Think about that when you're getting high with your friends tonight. Please, no Baptist sermons, okay, Janice? Strictly business, remember?
2: Hmm...
1: There's that funny line where it's like, it's too bright in here. It's too much white or something like that. Mm-hmm.
6: You made me look like a cholo. <laughs> <laughs> too well, that old man looks at his art and he's like, you and your friends, you look so fuerte. You make them look so noble, these savages or something like that. It's really <laughs> off-putting. God. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, those those three mains uh, in their arcs, their stories make up this three-hour Epic, like Corey mentioned, uh, gang movie. So we're going to have to like take a little bit of a 10,000-foot view of things that happen, but feel free to, to stop me. Um, we mentioned that there's a confrontation that happens between these two rival gangs. A shootout ensues based on this. Um, Miklo, the sniper shot, ends up killing <laughs> a couple people from the... What's what's the rival gang? Like three Ps? Three puntos.
6: Called? Three points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Corey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and even though his probation is set to end in a couple of days he has to go back to jail San Quentin Brett what are some of the dynamics happening here in Sam Quentin
6: I got a hot tip out. how's my credit right your credit is tight and firm as- mm. oh
0: come on don't pee that away yeah. doesn't like popping that cherry I eh? am right your mouth your mouth uh-huh.
6: Lakers won in overtime, Al. Oh! Give him a greener. No, the other greener.
3: Oh, man. So, the first thing he learns, the wise words he learns from a guy who within six minutes tries to rape him um, is that while they're all different gangs on the outside, they stay together inside because... Um, embarrassingly, I can't think of the name of the gang he's trying to get into, but... Uh, Naonda. Na onda. Uh But there's also... Their take, uh, whether the AV, which are based on the area, the A, I'll just say AB. You can look that up, and then the BGA is based on Black Gorilla Federation. Black Panthers, so well, BGF, BGF, yeah. Um, so it's you know they have relative, very relative peace because they all do business with each other, but which it seems like the hierarchy is like. Maybe the white game, the Aryan game gets kind of the preferential treatment because they pay off more of the guards and they have more of the positions. But I mean, Billy Bob Thornton, was he not made for this role in 1992? <laughs> Dude,
5: this cast is pretty stacked. There's a lot of people in this.
3: Yeah, Del Rey Lindo, I think he's a three movie club. I think he was in Jugger and something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, he might even be four movies.
1: He plays the uh, gang expert in the prison.
3: He's actually the leader of the BGA.
1: Oh, wait. Who is the gang expert guy? Bing Rams. Bing is- Rams. Oh, okay. Bing okay. Rams. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Edit
5: that out. Um They're both- hey, who was the warden? The real warden of San Quentin <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> at the <Yeah>. time.
2: <laughs> Whoa. But yeah.
3: So they did, they actually did film, I believe, in one of the wings of San Quentin and. That's a dynamic. That that's what I would say. Pappy, is a dynamic, and he's uh, trying to prove himself to La Onda throughout the first uh, third of the movie, first act. So I would say that, and they're kind of trying to navigate, to keep the peace, but also uh, get more of the piece of pie so their lives get better.
1: Mm-hmm. And even though um, Miklo has been in prison before, he hasn't been in San Quentin. So he has to kind of learn the, the ropes here. Uh, Corey, do you, you, tell us a little bit about Popeye? Uh. <laughs> Popeye's a fucking
4: lunatic, man. Popeye is crazy. There's some really crazy characters in jail. Al, I'm sure we'll talk about Al soon, but Popeye, you know, he's kind of explaining everything to Miklo, but like he's interacting with people along the way. And, Popeye just has this weird fucking cadence that's like, <laughs> it's like almost like ir- not reproducible. <laughs> like the shit he says is crazy and the way he says it is crazy. <laughs>
0: that
4: sucks
0: for
5: you. <laughs> that's like cash.
0: Got a little something else. Juju it's not bad now,
5: Hey, you don't mind if I keep you under my wing for a little while, you
0: know? I mean, I gotta take care of you. We homeboys, right? Fucking ladies, those rules, Vato. Gracias, Kale. Okay? Simon! you white bitch. Give me some chonchon. Stay away from me. you get nothing for free in here, punk. tu madre! Ah? Okay. Huh? That's right. Give it up. Che, oh. puto. La quieres las duras, You want me to take it? Huh? You want me to rape you, eh, puto? Huh?
4: And, you know, Popeye, he's got his own hustle in prison. He's like a pimp, right? So, like, that's how he encounters Miklo. Like, Miklo's getting accosted by the uh, jailhouse prostitutes. And uh, he shows up and he says, Hey, Cinderella, go find yourself a fella. You're on the clock, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, everything Popeye says to me is just gold. He's just such a weird dude, but he's also like a nasty, greasy motherfucker that, like, you don't want to be around, as are a lot of the people in this prison, right? Yeah. Miklo has to deal with this guy at some point, and he doesn't like it. And he comes off to Miklo like they're going to be close because they actually are both from the same street gang, they're both from Vatos Locos. But uh, as Popeye explains, in the joint, that's all fucking different. Like, that doesn't matter. Basically, all the Chicano gangs, they roll together, and they have formed La-, La Onda, which at this point in the story, and I think at this point in history, is just trying to, like, gain power in prison because it's
5: predominantly white at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a thriving economy in this prison.
7: Yeah. Well. Look the original fan duel.
5: You can trade... <laughs>
1: Dollars for gambling you can trade cigarettes or you can trade
5: ever well a lot of, a lot of things just revolve around drugs apparently <laughs> drugs are the big thing that makes the money flow in this stop place, looking apparently.
3: at boobs and look at the boob tube <laughs> <laughs> pulls in the worst think... TV of all time but it's probably amazing back then
5: it's in the 70s man
1: <laughs> mm.
3: four channels
1: yeah it's it's a lot of uh ass gas or grass here to get along with people and there's a character al Josh. Who's obsessed with the ass? Can you tell us a little bit about Al? Who, also, by the way, like my real teeth look exactly like Al. So if I didn't have Captain, I would have the exact same story.
2: The what Al.
6: the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Monkey bars got me, third grade. Uh, Al is living in Lunch Lady Land. Yeah, he's
3: got a lot of power.
6: Hogies oh, uh, and grinders. Meatloaf sandwich. sandwich. Anyway, uh, sorry, no tortillas. You're catching a ride on the wrong train.
0: You ought to be up here at the front of the line, ahead of those jungle bunnies. I don't take no free tickets on no one's train. Now you take a ticket, or you get run over. It's better to uh, ride up front, first class, and eat with the white folks.
6: Know what I mean? This man is like the head honcho of the kitchen, which not only is probably like a good job that people are jealous of, but also he's using the job as leverage against people he does and doesn't like. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone he does like, aka someone with white pasty skin, he gives you a nice juicy plump pork chop. And if you are someone with more melaton uh more pigmentation if you're of, of darker <laughs> color, he will give you no pork chop or give you some sort of bullshit excuse or give you like he gives someone a pork chop that looks like it's just a like one bite of another pork yeah. chop that had fallen off or something
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> he gives you a piece of shit on your plate and he tells you to like move along and it seems like the guards have his back too. So he's just like this presence. He's a dick about it. He's getting money for favors. He's just using this position of power. And also Pappy, he's like he seems like he's six foot six. He's just like a big dude, right? Like a big seventies dude,
1: big horny dude. And Stevie, he's he's lured in by Damian Chapa's baby blue eyes, right? Like as soon as he sees him. He's keyed in. He's like He's this a
7: is a real uh, John Wayne Gacy type character.
1: This is my guy right
7: here. <laughs> I don't know if prisons like this, but is everyone that horny? I feel like, there's a lot of immediate horniness.
0: Holy shit, I'm gonna come.
3: <laughs> I think if you've been there, I think if you've been there a while, you're definitely horny. But it's also a power thing. Well, it's a power thing for Popeye. I wouldn't say it's a power thing for Al.
7: I mean, I guess, but I feel like this immediately like. From the rape scene to, you know, Big Al immediately falling in love with those baby blues of Mil- Miklo. It's a very um, it's a very uh, kind of strange dynamic we're immediately hit with. But Miklo's all in, wants to be, you know, a part of La Onda. And so that's when the kind of the plan with uh, Montana and Geronimo is to take out Big Al for Miklo to pledge his life to La Mm
2: hmm.
1: Do you like uh, Mikey Montana, the the character? The, he's supposed to be this guy full of charisma who favorite, favorite he's like a short guy, life. but,
5: but he, yeah, Launda. he's he's like the godfather of Laonda, and he does have hold a lot of charisma, and I like the scenes that he's in because he's yeah telling uh, Miklo to like uh, later on in the movie to like you if you want to prove to them at your parole hearings that you're like really changing you got to like get an education so he's doing that kind of stuff he's like applying himself to different programs while inside prison and like he eventually gets his uh he gets parole because yeah because ged he gets his ged he gets all this kind of stuff uh because he listens to this guy and I don't know what this guy did to stay in prison, but like, I think he's a lifer or something because <laughs> he seems pretty, pretty normal now. Like he's very smart and, uh, encourages a lot of these guys to like apply themselves and get their GED and stuff while in prison. But, uh, yeah, he, he holds a lot of charisma and he's the leader of Honda and it's pretty devastating end to his story <laughs> later on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah
0: tomorrow is your day widow tonight you must read the black book these are the killing points the arrows show where a man can be killed hit a man here or here and he dies slowly and painfully hit a man here or here and he dies instantly you get to the kitchen in the morning, look in the largest stockpot. Heronimo will be watching. If you're successful tomorrow, you'll become
6: one of us. If you fail, you die. He makes a mistake here. Yeah. He orders Big Al to be killed. And I truly think this is, like, really good writing. I think that's directly why he kind of gets killed himself at the end. What? It's like explain it. Um I uh, so he so he ordered that hit on Big AL and that's like a big part of the reason why the Aryan Nation or whatever is like so freaking pissed and like won't let it go. And that allows uh Milko It's it's convoluted because you think no, it he, actually is. Did
1: you call him Milko? Like Milkweed.
6: <laughs> Sorry. It's convoluted because like most of the movie you're led to believe that the Aryan Nation group caused this assassination and then for a while you think that um like whatever like who who did it kind of changes but like in the end it ends up being Milkweed but I think the whole reason he did it and is able to like hide behind the motive is because there was such a strong motive for the Aryan Nation to do it because of this hit that happened on Big Al at the beginning of the movie. So, like, mm. I, I really feel like that writing kind of comes full circle and it's good, is what I'm trying to say, Stevie. Does that make I sense? I got gotcha.
1: you. It makes sense. There's a lot of things that, like, fall back on themselves when you watch it a second time. Like, who's the leader of the BGA? What's his name? Uh, Bonafide. Bonafide? It's
4: a fine fucking comb you got.
1: Yeah, they, they point out his comb a lot. Which ends up being a, a huge integral part later in the movie. Um, but Corey, while all this is happening to Melko in prison, things are <laughs> Melko. <laughs> things are not all hunky-dory on the outside. What's happening to our other two main characters?
4: Well, Paco was arrested along with Miklo, but we don't see him for a while, and eventually we see that he got the option to join the military. Because it was Miklo that killed someone, right? Obviously, Paco did assault uh at least one person. But uh he joined the military and his path leads him to the straight and narrow. He eventually becomes a cop, but there's kind of a cool scene where it's it's like a misdirect into like the route he went in his life as the years pass, right? We see him looking like a fucking weird, strung out, hippie, grateful dead type, and he's like buying drugs from some fucking very unusual ladies and it turns out he's there to do a drug bust and it's kind of a cool reveal you know we get Tom Wilson in a fake goatee which is kind of funny to see
2: yeah
4: PCP
7: is
0: very explosive
7: Boom. I hate to lose such a
2: handsome
0: customer ooh mommy that feels good But cuidado con el chorizo. We might need it for later. So did you really make this stuff? You were a chemist? <laughs> I worked in a medical lab. See you morning. Mm. Hey, baby. Have you ever had a threesome?
2: Hey, baby, let's take <laughs> care of the deal first, okay?
0: What's the matter? Too much for you? No, I just like business before pleasure.
2: He's a so fucking role! Ah! Get in here now! Ah!
4: He becomes a cop, right? So that's kind of like his path. Everything led him in, I guess, what you would call like the right direction. Cruz, meanwhile, has continued painting, but like his back injury, I think, is the main reason that he ends up kind of losing it in terms of like his career path, because Mm -hmm. he ends up becoming basically an opioid addict because his back is like completely fucked from the gang fight at the beginning.
6: That gang fight looms so large too, because not only does it break his back, causes his opium issues or whatever. Yeah. But like one thing that I kept remembering that I wish they would have talked about more is when that shootout happened. Miklo went out of his way to stop Paco from capping someone in their face, like really early mm-hmm. on. Like he was ready to execute this dude.
1: A dead dog goes belly up when it's done. Right, he would have been.
6: <laughs> he would have been the one arrested. I don't have friends; I got family.
2: Familia. <laughs>
6: <laughs> he would have been the one looking at life in jail, you know, twenty to life or or whatever they say. I wish that would have been brought up because, like Miklo, really saved his ass in doing that, and then shot the person who was trying to kill him. Mm-hmm.
4: And I think me- they touch on that at that very end, you know, like yeah. There is some blame to be had on Paco's part,
1: certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, Paco was like the baddest guy in Elo. That's what they say he is, right? Like he's yeah. the ringleader of this little group of people. He has a lot of influence. There's also like a, a, I don't know. Is is Cruz? Is it Cruz's brother or Paco's brother who ODs? Paco's both. both. Both are, they're, bro- actually, they're, they're brothers.
5: stepbrothers.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Actually, on, on uh, Letterbox, it says half brothers, but I'm almost positive that's incorrect. They're stepbrothers. So it would be Paco's brother. That's Paco's like, brother, though.
7: I think it's Paco's like, actual, like, blood brother.
3: Yeah. Okay. He, but he, like, and he says he liked Cruz more because Cruz paid attention to him. So it's so like yeah.
1: Cruz was from the mom's first marriage or something. Mm-hmm. And Cruz, then...
3: no. Cruz was the son of the dad. Paco Percipo. was the son of the mom. And then I believe yes. Juanito was the son of both of the parents.
1: Hmm. But Brett, this is right up your alley. The child death. What is, Pretty sad, huh?
3: Yeah, it's really sad. Um, <laughs> I mean, I won't point out that he should be old.
6: He should be old <laughs> oh enough. Oh my God. To,
3: <laughs> feel like he should be old enough to know not to do that. But hey, you know. It's unfortunate. Unfortunately, that stuff happens. And he idolizes his brother, his stepbrother, Cruzito. And when they're all passed out high off heroin, he goes and he puts the needle in his arm. And unfortunately, the mom and the dad are the ones that find him. I think the dad was there. And him and, was it, Tuco from Breaking Bad?
5: Uh, Oh shit, is that Tuco? That's Tuco, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Holy
2: shit.
3: (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so he ODs. I mean, he didn't really have a chance, never stood a chance. So I
6: don't. That scene is pretty wrenching. Wrenching when the well, the mom and
1: also on the free YouTube video that's where the audio cuts out <laughs> I don't know if you guys all watched
5: on YouTube Well that was when they were getting high like yeah, when they okay. were injecting yeah. which yeah. I thought was an artistic choice at first from the <laughs> link that we used but and it no, still works they were
6: just they were just clearly playing a Hendrix song that could not be played with the copyright of YouTube <laughs> but the scene I'm talking about that's wrenching the mom is like Talking to her son and begging him to kind of like reanimate or something. <laughs> reanimate. Well, she it's says bring sh- him back.
4: Yeah. Shoot him with death.
3: Yeah.
6: She's like, start moving. It's okay. Please come back. It's really sad. It is pretty wrenching. Mm-hmm. If I was making fun of the bad acting earlier, like some of these scenes like really make up for it. It feels real. It's bad. Hated it. Mm hmm.
5: No, people definitely make life decisions in this movie that are like, "Holy fuck, what are you doing?" Like, you get some anxiety watching a lot of this movie. It's kind of incredible how it does that with like how also not great the acting is. (laughs) It's kind of funny, but uh, I think it works. Well, I, I, Steve, I know you're like me. To me, the the art scene when
1: Cruz has his art show and then his friends come over, that gave me hives. Like, I don't know why. Dude, it made me so nervous. It's like they're going to blow this for him. You know, I I don't know. Did it you got the same anxiety from that that scene that I felt? Yes,
7: and this movie does something that I appreciate so much, which is it's not a Hillary Swank movie. And the fact that like we don't have a white savior to be like the in between, which is like typical Hillary Swank hood movies are you know, she's kind of like our vehicle into the hood and everything's going great until it doesn't and then worlds are torn down apart this is very the opposite we're like with Crusito a lot of the time and kind of just to watch his self-destruction it that art gallery scene alone where he leaves and comes back is like hives times a thousand it was really hard to watch
2: He is a genius, though. And he makes it. I've never even made mentioned...
0: <laughs> it. Here's oh. my ticket. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Belinda, mija, you're too uptight. Come on, this is my show. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, Franke, Franke, put that. Oh. Te oh. I want to present to you my friends. Hello. Lois, Hello. Jerry. Gerald. These are the You have a good
2: time tonight, Hey, hey <the> <laughs> Rusito. Cruz.
0: Hey, Holmes, Holmes. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? Hey, made me look like a cholo ese. <laughs> 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 un chulo, culo. <laughs> 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 ¿Qué le dijo una nalga a la otra? <laughs> El del medio es hippie. <laughs> 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 Ya no le venda! Enteme! Enteme, Carlos, te matras tu chingada! Eh, los filoreo aquí, este! Oh, la jetita, va la jetita.
2: Daniel, get them on their feet and out the door.
0: Artists, folks. Just artists being artists. Drink up, enjoy yourselves. We got art on the walls, on the floor. This is the
2: happening. We
0: are going to read about this tomorrow in the table. Let's celebrate oh, yes. artistic freedom. I think you had all this planned. It's part tough. of the
2: exhibit.
1: Have a drink. I love the rich white people like, oh, this is part of the exhibit, huh? Like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> artists being
4: artists, folks.
6: Life
1: <laughs> imitates art.
6: Uh, but she right. also calls his... his his agent, Pappy, she if we knows. can just talk about her character for a second, mm-hmm. she totally calls out, like, I'm going to give you this money, and you're going to go get high with your friends. And when you're watching the movie, you're like, no, Cruz is like, he has to pay off this debt, and he does deserve some of this money. He's not going to just go get high. And it's like smash cut into <laughs> him, like, coming back into the party, just giggling, like, he's the highest motherfucker around. He's laying <laughs> hey. on the floor laughing. Him and Tuco got that Walter White shit going. <laughs>
3: I hated all
1: that. Hated it like it made you uncomfortable
5: or you didn't Yeah, yeah. Uncomfortable. Think it was good? Yeah, yeah. What's he on? Yeah, what were they on? Were they that could not have just been weed. Whippets and alcohol? Noss. Noss. <laughs> now we're talking.
1: Got some chocolate chip cookies and all hyped up from the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cookies, eh?
6: Mountain Dew. <laughs>
1: Brett, Miklo gets out of prison. He gets his parole, like we talked about. um, And he gets a a fine, upstanding job in society, hitting a tire with a hammer. Um, How does this go? He's smacking a tire.
2: (laughs) So, yeah,
3: he's actually got screwed by Popeye. Popeye said they had a place for him, but he really just had a place, like, on a couch or a (laughs) daybed.
5: It's like Michigan all over again. (laughs) Everybody jerks off on that couch. <laughs> you can sleep there. He's like, he's really, really worried. He does
3: not want to go back to prison. Um, he gets really mad. He, you know, threatens everybody he sees like he does throughout the whole movie. Pretty much. He's unfortunately, he does get a job. He's working really hard. But of course this happens. I'm sure this happens when uh, people do hire felons. Uh I'm not saying it happens very often. I have no idea. Uh, But, you know, they take advantage of the fact that they're felons and he's stealing money from his check. And he's like, oh, you have a problem with that? Maybe I'll just call the parole board. You know, it's sick and disgusting, but it, he does it. And he's like, why am I living this straight life? Why am I trying so hard? and I'm still getting screwed.
2: Well, yeah.
3: don't be a felon in the first place. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But. So he's just like trying. He's really, really trying hard. But then him and Cruzito come back and I don't know, local drug dealer, a uh, local kingpin type is there and he's trying to get Popeye to do some big job. And actually Stevie, I don't know if you knew this or not, uh his bodyguard there, not the crazy bodyguard, but his other guy, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? That's actually- yeah. That's actually Paco from Bloodsport, the kickboxer.
7: I know who that, I, okay. I recognized me immediately. <laughs> yeah. Two movie I, clubs. To, I started doing the Knuckles thing. Like when he puts yeah, them oh out, yeah. I was like, okay, I knew who
3: that is. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was funny. So uh, anyway, yeah. And that's kind of the next catalyst into, I wouldn't say the next act, but like another, how things change again, which gets him sent back to prison eventually, but somebody else can take that.
1: Yeah, the the whole armored car robbery. I got major heat
3: vibes. Oh yeah, actually before heat though, but
1: no, no, yeah, yeah. It just it felt like something out of Heat, like especially like the dynamic between you know the cop and you know the guy who's doing it. Um,
3: I thought he was gonna shoot out with the guns. Who did not? Who thought he was gonna point break it like big time? Oh me! I thought I was waiting. I was like, I thought that gun was going right. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! (laughs) He didn't. Credit to them, he didn't do it.
6: No, he just shot his leg off. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> the action is really cool and kind of yes. reminds me of. Uh, do you guys remember that scene in, in Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler? Uh, oh. When they're like in the diner and some people are getting held up, and oh yeah, it's yeah. all kind of it like it's kind of like that. They they've they're staking out this parking lot. It just looks hyper realistic, and I get the feeling they're probably just actually shooting at a mall. But then this this van, this all creepy looking. You, you like kind of zoom in on it, and you see the guys putting on masks, and they look like fucking creepy as hell. And then they pop out, and immediately shit starts going wrong, and people are getting shot and scattering, and you don't know who's who or where they're going. It's how these situations probably go down, and it's pretty freaky.
3: Popeye snitched, by the way.
6: Yeah, that's an important
1: note, and. I thought Popeye said the driver was in on it, and I'm pretty sure the driver gets capped like immediately when they rob this armored van. So I don't know like what his involvement. They come out guns ablazing. It's insane. Yeah.
7: Well, he probably did know. They just killed him first.
1: Listen, yeah, this is the scam. You're gonna get shot and die, and we're gonna take your money. <laughs> oh Are you in?
4: <laughs> Classic Joker scam.
7: Yeah. Exactly
1: this of course lands miklo back in prison with one leg and corey this is where the story gets really complicated and intricate and there's, there's like these different factions vying for power but this is my favorite part of the movie in here um can you maybe what's at stake here between these the the bga the, the black gang the avs which are the white gang and la onda which is the hispanic gang what's
5: What's going on? A V kids. Briefly? Oh man, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, so like the, the power struggle is getting more intense because now drugs are involved. And like the drug trade in this story was pretty much monopolized by the white gang, the A V. But uh now Loan uh, is starting to become involved. And you know, it's like your classic, like kind of good fellas. Like, complications, right? Like, once you get drugs involved, things just start going really fucking bad for everyone, and a lot of people start dying. And I think that's what you mean with, like, the complexity of it.
1: And, Um, like, Goodfellas, sorry to interrupt, but, like, the rise of cocaine as a recreational drug in America, right? Like, coinciding with...
4: Cocaine is America's cup of coffee. That's
5: what I hear. (laughs) Yeah. That was a white guy that said that. Or what... (laughs)
1: Two the, people said that. The, the oh, okay. guy said yeah. that in no, the law library.
5: Oh yeah, that's how we knew they were working together. Okay.
0: Market is there. Cocaine is America's cup of coffee. I <laughs> Simon. Oh yeah. check it out. I'm making so much feria right now, it's making Miklo's gambling book look like bubblegum change. We don't start wars to become dope pushers.
4: Yeah, but uh, there's like kind of a, a a difference here. This prison stint with Miklo in that Montana is kind of going through that thing that happens to a lot of people when they get older, where they start to like calm down, right? Yeah. And they start to like think more intelligently and less brashly. And Montana really doesn't want them to be involved in the drug trade, despite the power and money that it will give them. Mm-hmm. And Miklo does. Now, Miklo kind of, like, gets with a fellow that we see a lot in this movie named Mike. Magic Mike. Magic Mike. That's right. They call him magic in the movie. Money Mike.
7: Channing Tatum.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's Channing Tatum, basically, with a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) He is pretty big. I'll say that. Uh, But they kind of, like, start forming their own plan, like, kind of behind Montana's back. At least they get the ball rolling on that pretty early on. And then the movie like forgets about it for about 45 minutes. And then it reminds you about it. But as a kind of an aside, there's a moment that I love in this movie and it's when they're formulating the plan in the shower. It's magic and it's Miklo. And it's just a line that I've always liked. I've always latched onto, but like as much as I've quoted this movie with other fans, I've never had anyone like pull this one out of nowhere. (laughs) And it's when Miklo is talking to Mike and he says, uh, he's like, Onda should take the money left in the gambling book and make a buy. And it's just Magic's reaction. He goes, yeah. It's the way he <laughs> says yeah. <laughs> if you put it in the clip, you'll know exactly what I mean.
0: Whether we like it or not, the dope is business it? is where it's at, Magic. If the A-bears and the BGRs control it, they control everything, including us. Fucking A-S-A. Carlitos was right. No, he was stupid for selling out to the One that should take the money left in the gambling book and make a buy. Yeah. I know a connection. But the council won't approve it. We should do it anyway. You want to die, Este? If I have to, I will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Stevie. I, what did Montana do? This is a this is a good Stevie question. Why does he not get to see his daughter for 14 years? Because he's by far the most, I would say, out of even all of these gangs, he's like the most measured person, right? The most steady hand. He's trying for peace, or at least trying to have some racial unity between the two minority groups to fight the like the dominant AVs.
7: To me, like, what did he do to land in prison? Yeah, yeah. Stevie question. So to me, when Montana probably went in there, he was probably very young, probably was a part of an unjust system that did not care his involvement in something or not. And I imagine he was with people where someone died. And because of the color of his skin or his last name, they threw the absolute book at him. And over time, he realized he was never getting like to set foot, you know, on free ground again. That's like what I think. I don't think he killed somebody. I don't think he was a tricker man, but I think he was in a circumstance where people he knew were. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of at peace with it.
1: And he ain't no rat. He's just going to take the fall for...
7: I mean, not saying like he even did it, but just the fact that he was there they probably threw the book at
5: him. He yeah. had one unpaid parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Can't fight City Hall, boys. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I just,
1: I don't know. I love like these different factions and the infighting of the factions fighting for power like apparently i think steve you told me this there's like a five hour cut of this oh my god
2: (laughs) i want all of it i I want want to see that so bad
4: (laughs) i want the five hour cut i heard i heard the miklo actor talk about it damian chapa he said that when it was originally screened to him and like the other production people that it was over five hours. And, like, he's the one that um, really got in the director's ear about cutting it down. But what he said about the five hour cut was that a lot of it involved a love story with Benjamin Bratt. So it was like (gasps) him, like, meeting a woman and falling in love and all these things that I actually don't care to see, Mm. given like the severity of like this story we have. Like, I don't really want to see him, like, being distracted by that. And probably I'm going to assume he ends up, like, leaving her because it's not safe for his job or whatever.
7: He just wants to be so good at drums. Can't have
6: it. Guys, we can't move on from this point without pointing out that Miklo assassinating Montana like this, like sacrificing him, that's pretty unforgivable uh, Godfather 2 level shit.
7: What Michael Corleone did was way more evil, but yeah.
6: Sacrificing your mentor and then also backstabbing like the group that you're becoming allies with. It, it's a really shady move that he does.
3: Yeah, it's bad. He's a bad dude.
1: But he did it all for La Onda, Brett.
7: Exactly. That's the way he saw he it. He
3: basically said that was his father and he killed him. Josh I doesn't... It. I get it, he did it to survive, but it's still murder, so...
5: Josh doesn't get it, I say, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs>
1: Charlie I like the way that the movie doles out that information though right like because Corey you mentioned this like you, you know that there's some infighting happening within the group but I mean I, like I said, I saw this for the first time for this podcast I did not see the reveal that Miklo was behind um, Montana's murder do you want to, maybe just talk through that Corey um, how that all goes down and how all sort of hell breaks loose and where there's war, there's opportunity.
4: Yeah. Well, Montana is killed. Like you guys said, but I'm going to talk about that scene first because we spend a little bit of time with just Montana for the first time in the movie. And it's because the movie is explaining that, you know, he's being transferred to another prison to help negotiate peace with the BGA at another facility. And the warden has uh, facilitated this whole thing. So he's in this like transitional jail and montana is preparing to meet his daughter who we actually see on screen and she's preparing to meet him and he's getting ready and he has this like really nice old uh this kind of like old black man in the cell next to him is kind of like talking to him about it and they're reminiscing about like what they did on the outside and they like were both they both picked fruit which they actually enjoyed and they kind of i guess bond over that and Montana is getting ready to see his daughter. It's the day of, and the guy like helps him get ready by like holding up the mirror for him. And he's like, "Oh, your daughter's gonna be so happy to see you." And then, boom, he fucking stabs Montana right then and for there. For cheap times, for, for cheap times, cheap times, motherfucker. <laughs>
2: That's a great line. I won't do that one. Such actually. a I, great I line. Stop there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess some accents are okay. Some accents are not okay, yeah. Josh. That's why we're coming down on. This.
7: Drawing the line at the Cheap Times. It'd be great if that was Morgan Freeman. That line would be great out of Morgan's mouth. That was for Cheap Times, motherfucker. That was for Cheap Times. Cheap Times is the
4: upper hand now.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> my joke. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
4: The murder of Montana Pappy is so abrupt and shocking
7: and yeah.
3: tragic. No, it's not. I expected it. I, right when I yeah. saw the guy, I said, "He's killing him." The
7: minute, <laughs> yeah. The nineteenth time he says, "I'm going to see my daughter." I was like, "No, you're not. <laughs>
5: yeah. You're no. dead." <laughs> that's on Montana. He should have seen that that uh, assassination attempt coming a mile away. He's
4: just Agreed. a friendly
7: old man. I mean, I wouldn't I'm, have. I mean, that's like a great trope that Black Dynamite did perfectly, which is like. When you say you're going to do something in a movie, you're going to be dead in the next 10 minutes. (laughs) Like when it's like, when I get back, I can't wait to settle down with my girl and get a house. That dude's immediately
3: going to be shot in the head in the next five
2: minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) Dude, if you pull out a picture, Stevie, in a movie, if you pull Uh, out a picture and say, here's my girl, or here's my son, you're you're
7: dead. dead. Yeah,
1: You're never seeing them again.
3: (laughs) You're getting a spear through the chest or a
7: bullet through the head in the next 10 minutes, and that's that. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. But this whole, this whole like last or not, I mean, not even last, but that this whole chunk here, it kind of does remind me of the Godfather. There's like a lot of like fallout deaths happening after Montana's murder, right? Like it's just quick cut of like this person dying from the AV, this person dying from the.
4: Yeah. Goodfellas. BGA. Yeah. I mean, Miklo and Laonda, they really start playing the long game with this because, you know, Miklo- is kind of slowly seizing power of Laonda, even before Montana's death. But after the death, you know, they talk to the BGA, and the BGA says, actually, we didn't do that, even though that was one of our guys. And they come to the conclusion that it must have been the whites who did it. They must have, like, sent a fake message to this BGA member to make it seem like they did it. But actually, as we know, it was Miklo who decided to put out the hit on Laonda. And he did it so that he can have this. Truce that lasts a little while until Dia de los Muertos when he decides that they're going to take out both the AV leaders and the BGA. Basically, is kind of like a last act to seize power officially in San Quentin.
1: Brett, did you have any deaths that stood out to you in that uh, that montage of deaths?
3: <laughs> the one that happens to uh, Red Riders pretty bad nightmare. uh Burning to death with a bunch of chemicals mm-hmm. on you, whatever. Uh I, I think getting stabbed with a shank is is up there for ways I would not want to die, so pretty much all of them. Actually, I remembered, I don't know if I saw it on TV or... But I remembered the Delroy, the bona fide scene where they locked him in there, but I feel like that's maybe the only part I'd seen, so... Uh, that one sticks with me up a little bit because he's he's a baller. He's he's not going down lightly, and he only pretty much dies because he takes a, a a shank to the back of the head. So
6: goes all the
5: way through. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting practical effect there. I kind of wonder how they did that. It was really cool. It's a pretty long, yeah, pretty long, uh, like pole coming out of his neck. Method, and then they l- retract it. <laughs> Method. <laughs>
7: It makes me wonder if they shot that in reverse.
4: You know, I think there's really cool effects in this movie that are unsung, maybe not talked about a lot. Like Miklo's leg, sometimes it looks pretty fucking amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: I sorry, CBS, I just want to go back to you saying they shot it in reverse, like they stabbed him, then they pulled it out for the effect. Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean?
5: Like <laughs> he was
7: pre-stabbed,
5: and yeah. then they Oh,
7: <laughs> well, it makes me wonder if they, you know, if they set it up to where it's already through. And then you could show him like pulling it out. Mm.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That makes
1: sense. I like the guy who they electrocute too. Like mm. they just spill a bunch of water on the ground and mm. drop some like, spark plug, <laughs> And he First drops all, the. Was that Billy Bob? No, I think Billy Bob got choked out in the metal. Yeah, you got lab. a
3: garrotted.
7: Where did they find <laughs> Billy Bob for this movie?
3: What would have been pretty, pretty young. Like he wasn't famous yet.
5: Young? Nope. So he oh, looks about he 45 in this.
1: <laughs> he's always been 45. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: Also, I don't think we mentioned Danny Trejo is in this movie. I mean, he also Superman, looks about
3: 55. He was born 55. I was going to check how many movie club he was in, but I was not going to look his 421 credits to find out how many he's been in.
5: This is Prime Trejo right here.
3: So Billy Bob was born. This is like what made him famous. 55. I think Sling Blade made him famous.
7: No, saying about Danny Trejo is Piranha. Oh.
4: Yeah, I think this was his first role with lines.
3: Yeah.
1: I like when oh, they take the picture you. and he like puffs out his chest <laughs> in the picture. That's like one of my favorite moments from.
7: Hey, man, he was like a near Golden Gloves boxer.
6: Oh, he's real okay, shit. But he's they're not really giving sure him a bunch prison. of. Yeah. He's not given a bunch of lines in this movie. Very sparingly.
3: Except for Simone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, not a lot.
6: But, you know,
4: he's he's, he's a good presence to have. and He looks the part It's because he, like, was the part. And I guess to connect this back to American <laughs> Me, which Stevie probably knows about. I said a lot of people died in the making of that movie, which is correct. But also Danny Trejo was, like, close with the actual leaders of the Mexican mob. And they had a hit on uh, Edward James Olmos. I said that at the beginning of the pod. They put a hit on Edward James almost because in the movie, the character he plays, which is Santana, not Montana, he's like raped in juvie. And that really fucking pissed them off because it was like, you know, they said didn't actually happen. But I think it also like took away some of their uh, machismo factor. Just go ahead and
3: edit out earlier in the pod when I said that whole story.
6: You didn't say the whole story at all,
1: <laughs> but didn't Danny Trejo like <laughs> talk to the mob on their behalf or something too? Or I thought you said he something. Did. Like, yeah,
7: he um pretty much said that he's the reason that Edward James almost can still breathe air, or could still live. Um, because I mean. There's some things in life you could probably take liberties with in theatrical film. I don't think you want to do that with Liam in any way, shape, or form. That's one thing you probably want to get down to the bone, like, correctly. And Danny Trejo said, like, within the first 10 pages of reading American Me, he was like, we have issues, like, serious issues here. And he said Edward James Olmos's, uh response to it, because you got to remember... Edward James almost, I think, had an Oscar win or an Oscar nomination for CNN Deliver. And American Me was going to be, like, his big directorial debut. Yeah. And um, it was going to be, like, his opus. Like, this is going to be, like, his godfather. You know, this is what was going to send him into the stratosphere. He was directing. He was starring. And I think it was his hubris that got a lot of people killed.
4: Yeah. And Trejo said that, like, to this day, like, And this was a few years ago when I saw this interview, but that Edward James almost like doesn't acknowledge the fact that like Danny Trejo is the reason that he's still alive for talking the Mexican mob out of the hit.
1: Well, I was doing some like cursory internet research to try and figure out, you know, why have I not heard of this movie before? And Hollywood Pictures, which was owned by Disney at the time, so Eisner production. Um I love when I see that Sphinx. By the way, that either means it's going to be like one of the shittiest movies you've ever seen, or like a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I guess there was like a fist fight at one of the early screenings, and that kind of gave them a little bit of cold feet and pulled some of the marketing budget. I mean, I don't know how how true that is, but I don't think this was a box office success by any any means.
4: This is definitely a cult movie. Yeah, well, I, this movie is like in circulation among like Chicano communities all over, especially SoCal, in my opinion. But I think it's it's well beloved now. But I don't think it was very much. I so think at the actually,
3: time. actually, it was a humongous bomb when it comes to money. But I read that uh, the them switching the title because they panicked about American Me and like the blood and blood out, and they that's why they actually officially released the movie under Bound by Honor, but like all the previews and posters said blood in and blood out. And then like a year later they released it, re-released it as blood in and blood out. And it just went way over everyone's head. And like, it's just really, really poorly marketed because Disney panicked about what it was about and the name and everything like that. So it was kind of a cluster.
2: Yeah.
1: Blood in and blood out is a much better name than bound by honor. Right.
5: Yes. Yeah, Bound by Honor sounds like it's going to be a samurai movie or something.
7: <laughs> sounds like I'm going to watch a guy go in the Navy if I see a movie called Bound by Honor.
5: Yeah. There's a
1: lot that we skipped over, obviously, so maybe we can get into final thoughts. But the very end of the movie, when we have the the mural that Cruz painted, and he and Paco go to, go to visit it. Uh, can you tell a little bit about Cruz's speech here at the end? Um, did it move you in any way?
0: What are you doing here? Come on, man. Man, you got me out of bed to come down here? I think you lost more than your hair, Vato. Ha! <laughs> Don't believe all that shit you hear about Samson, eh? say. I'm just stripping myself down to the bone, homes. Yeah, what if I said I wouldn't come? Shit, I knew you would come. She, what, yeah? Come look at yourself in the mirror, eh? say. Oh, man. It's
5: not all marked
0: up, man. It's a sign of respect. For ten years, man, I've been star trekking in the Twilight Zone. (laughs) Thought if I came and looked at this, I might find my way back, you know? Damn, we were all innocent, eh? It's all gone, crucito. It ain't like that anymore. What, not even a little carnalismo left in there, is it? What, you think you use brotherhood up like a shot of tequila? You just drink it down, it burns, makes you feel good, yeah. And then you're left with the hangover the rest of your life. Look, man, you showed me your mural. You're a good artist. I think you're the best. Come on, let's
2: go. Hey,
0: just because you wear sunglasses don't mean you're blind, eh? Oh, shit. You want to know what I see up there? A fantasy, man. A dream. Three vatos looking for something that wasn't there. Loco. We stood by each other. We trusted each other. Orale, that's worth believing in. Shit, we were familia, Holmes. You never again, Crucito. Miklo and I are finished, man. He ain't my family. I hate that fucking puton. You gotta scrape his ass off the wall like dirt. Chalevato, no matter how much hate there is between you and him, you're still connected. You got the same blood pumping through both your hearts, you say? That's a bond you can never break. Neither can Miklo. He's still just trying to be like you. That's oh, hey, Simone man. say, come on! El Gallo Negro, the baddest Chicano in the barrio. No, well, that ain't
5: me, not anymore.
0: You ain't changed the bit, eh? Oh, so what? What are you saying? It's all my fault the way everything turned out?
5: Uh, did it move me? Uh, the whole movie actually moved me. Uh, they go through just so much turmoil. Uh, it's really hard to watch some of the stuff that they go through. And it's all like very real stuff that people go through, uh, if they're living this kind of lifestyle. So it's like all based on your decisions that you make in life. And Cruz just tells Paco to... Not not to hold on to guilt because Cruz knows all about holding on to the guilt. He killed his stepbrother, uh, Juanito, or well, he didn't kill it, but like he's feels responsible for Juanito dying for Oding. Uh, I thought but, the
1: moment where the family forgives him was oh, like
5: genuinely that. moving,
7: yeah. yeah. All of my eyes out, yeah. <laughs>
4: One of the saddest moments of the movie. Just seeing him mourning, you know, Cruz's grave. And he, like, lays the boxing gloves down. And he's, like, singing. Super sad.
5: He tells Paco to just let go of that guilt. Uh, Paco feels guilty for, like, Miklo. He shot his leg off. He is also the reason he's in jail again. Uh, Miklo hates him. Uh... And, like, all of his friends that he grew up are either dead or either, like, hate Paco because he became a cop and just kind of had a totally different trajectory in his life. But uh, it's certainly a better trajectory than other people he's with. But, yeah, Cruz is just like, let's just be friends and family again. And, you know, the Fast and Furious huge pretty theory. much
0: you need that guilt it's what keeps you going hey I know bro I fed mine through a needle for 10 years and that widow up there hating his own fucking white skin <laughs> shit he's got it worse than both of us We gotta cut it loose carnal it's fucking that's who we are, three vatos locos, full of carnalismo, trying to survive in a fucking war zone. But what I know now, bro, is that I need my familia to do it. We all do.
4: Now, Pappy, you have the thankless job of hosting. But what did you think about the big speech? Like, what? What do you think? Like, the the message was?
1: I don't know. There's, there's a time when like none of these three characters are connected. And I think the last time we see Miklo is with Paco in prison. And I, I think Miklo's like last lines in the whole movie are like, we're, we're always be brothers. And Paco says, never. Right. And that's kind of the moment where or it kind of comes back to where Cruz is at the mural. He's like saying, you know, this mural is us. It's where we came from. It's all of these things made us who we are all the bullshit like growing up in a war zone like he describes it so i don't know i mean I, I was like more moved like i said by the graveside visit of like the dead kid and and the family forgiveness there's a little bit of that in there but like the way like Cruz dances and stuff and does like the air boxing like i don't know we We've been watching this movie for three hours. I I really had to pee. It was kind of sleepy at I'm that saying, point. I was also
5: not expecting this to be the end because I was like, okay, well, what's going to happen with Miklo? I thought we were going back to Miklo for one more scene or something. There's, but
1: He's the main character of the movie. And I feel like he gets like the least satisfying ending. Cause then that like scr- fucking text comes up on screen and Mikey, we, uh, you screenshot it and I screenshotted it too. Uh, but it's like, Prison warfare stopped after
5: this. (laughs) What a fucking joke. It's all good now. Prison warfare is stopped. And after Uh. that,
1: no one ever died in a prison again.
5: Racism (laughs) is solved, boys.
4: (laughs) I'll read it off. It says, this is the closing text of Blood In, Blood Out. The bloody era of prison gang warfare, which characterized much of California's prison system during the decade depicted in this film, is now under
1: control. <laughs> <laughs> and racial tensions have dissipated.
5: Yeah, do you know why it says that? Because the guy who plays the warden is the real warden of San Quentin at this time. <laughs> He's like, can we just close with this and I'll agree to whatever you want? <laughs> yeah, you can use San Quentin. I don't care.
6: It also says the decade and it clearly takes place during the 70s and 80s. So it's not even like really well. Right. It's like a sweeping like movie taking place over multiple decades. <laughs> right.
1: That decade though.
2: never. One of months. them. Yeah. Things were
6: just corrupt for a little bit and now it's all good. We it's figured fine. it out.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. This might be a final thought, but I don't know if I want to see a Paco love story but I feel like I, I was trying to like explain this to Stevie and I don't know if I can even like articulate it right but I feel like we should have seen him be more tortured as an adult right like more fallout from his brother's death other than being like the best drug busting cop slash ex-marine like I feel like that would have made him like crying and breaking down more impactful. Like his his journey is pretty easy actually. I mean like yeah his brother dies, but then he kind of like compared to the other two, he's kind of got it made, you know? I I don't even know if that makes sense. But like
3: well, he chose but the best wish there was path, more right? there. Huh? I mean he went down the best path, so He did have
5: to become a Marine. Doesn't mean it was easy for him. Yeah, he was a Marine. That probably sucked.
7: <laughs> and to see like <laughs> What happened with his family and his family is Crusito and Paco probably like tears him up inside.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like even if it was just like he has a bunch of like a couple bad dates that we see, or he can't form deep bonds with other people outside of this group because of how <laughs> fucked up his family was, I feel like that would have like helped the catharsis in the final scene. He
4: dates Halle Berry from <laughs> Catwoman, and it <laughs> just has goes a stint all wrong. In Catwoman, <laughs> plays <are> in
1: basketball, <laughs> shooty hoops. <laughs> Any any other final thoughts that you guys had? A three-hour movie, sprawling epic, skipped over a lot. Um,
5: hey, I honestly, I just saw Oppenheimer like a week or two ago. Three-hour movie, riveted the entire time solely for the dialogue. Same thing with this movie, riveted the entire time, but just because like great plot the entire way through. Just like there's scene after scene just... Something interesting is happening on screen, so I think that's so
7: hard to do. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm.
5: so hard to do. And to hear that this thing is like a five-hour cut, I think they did the right thing, cutting it down two hours to make it a three-hour movie.
7: Like, bravo to the brains that can put together a sprawling epic last like this that lasts, you know, a decade or two. It's like my brain—if I come up with a movie idea, it's like, okay, here's a movie that happens in forty-eight hours. I could not imagine a movie. That sprawls ten years. Mm-hmm. Even this, this is so hard to do, and they land it so well.
6: It makes the movie feel like it took ten years to make. Yes, it seems like this like, movie yeah. would have cost a shit ton of money, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, even like there's like little conflict within individual scenes that makes makes them interesting, right? Like a lesser movie would have just had Paco find Smokey in the church, and then cut to like them wheeling his body away. Right. But this movie has like the fucking kids come in the church and Paco has to like deal with that little problem as it comes up. Like there's little things within each scene that make it compelling to watch.
5: And I love that they end on the tree, like flying through the whole city and ending on the tree. Cause they show the tree multiple times throughout the 10 years. This movie takes place. This is very cool. Did they? I
3: did not notice it at all. It's weird
6: to you, Kylo.
3: I didn't notice it.
6: That it's like this one tree in Los Angeles. Like, do you have it doesn't I don't know, it doesn't seem like a connection to nature sort of city. Like
4: No, it is like that though. It's like in Oxnard where I grew up, like in in the Ventura area. Like up the mountains, there was like these two trees that you could like see from like multiple vantage points around those two cities, Oxnard and Ventura. And seriously, not like these trees, but like they were just like at the peak of this like little mountain or hill, whatever it is, the two trees. It like has its own like Facebook page, the two trees Ventura. But um, there was actually a fire and they burned down. So a bunch of local people oh, like replanted I them. But I, I I felt that definitely like I felt that like that. He says that tree is Eastlost to me. And it's like sometimes I go back to like the cities I grew up in and I, I am like overwhelmed with nostalgia and I see these landmarks and I just throw up the VL, you know? <laughs> it's good to be home, I say.
2: That
7: tree has a name. Very cool.
4: What's the name? Alpino. Mm. Yeah, that's where uh, Miklo says he wants to go when they, like, borrow that person's car that Cruz painted. And he says, where do you want to go? He says, Alpino.
1: <laughs> Another final thought that I had. Um, one of the members of the BGA is named Pockets. It's kind of funny. <laughs> funny in <that laughs> it's like a lost boy from Hook? Like. <laughs> Reminds me of the Tom Segura uh, bit.
3: Hold my pocket. Hold my pocket. <laughs> Anything else you guys had? Any other? I got something. Um, we were talking about it earlier. I think Corey mentioned it, but apparently there's a whole subplot with Paco's girlfriend that uh, actually sh- some of the scenes showed up in the trailer, but they cut that, so... Uh, you know, oh yeah in the trailer is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, her name was uh, Alma and her, she was played by someone named Roxanne Dawson, but all the scenes were cut. And then at the very bottom, take this for what it's worth, it's IMDB but like you said the original film was five hours long. Uh, it says they're gonna make it into three movies. Part one would end when Paco shoots Miklo. Part two would contain all of the prison sequences. Part three would have involved Montana's daughter, growing up and learning how to move drugs and money which would eventually lead her to miklo and her father's murder would come full circle so i think that's a trip
4: oh i never heard any of that that's amazing
3: Hmm. i have a question for you Corey. so i'm guessing the water that's the la air quotes river is uh there's like no water in there anymore right
2: there's
4: rarely any water there yeah i think there's a little bit in the last scene of this movie but like you know it's it's usually like that you can walk around
3: yeah there's there's a decent amount and is that the same thing that's in terminator 2 or is that
4: it is it's pretty long yeah it goes all the way up through like the san fernando valley and beyond yeah and i think in greece i think yep yeah, where they write yeah, the cards. It's featured the- prominently in a lot of movies. I have a couple final thoughts, Pappy. Transformer. And it's just like quotes from this movie. This is like one of my favorite movies, to quote of all time. Um, I, and there's things that I find funny that are just like for me, but there's also things that, like I said, like you run into someone that likes this movie and you just start spitting them at each other. Montana and Big Al. Montana goes, I'm going to fold your bluffing hands someday, you chicken shit motherfucker. <laughs> and Al's response... In your dreams, Pedro. (laughs) That shit is funny, dude. Al is a fucking character. He's like comedy gold, right? He's just like one of those guys that just, his existence is funny. It's also really dark and gross, but it is funny too.
1: He's got all these like sexual harassment nicknames for Miklo. Like, easy there, baby cakes. Like, hold on on
2: there, blue eyes.
4: Miklo has to suck his (laughs) finger. It's all pretty crazy, you know? Full commitment.
1: Which is like, of course, the scene that your family comes in as you're watching. Poor
7: guy family. with a burned back. <laughs> yeah, that guy's just doing a his job.
4: <laughs> um, Popeye's tattoo on his chest. I'm sure some of you guys noticed that, right? It's like a woman that's on his chest, and the woman's tit is Popeye's
1: nipple. Of course. Mm. It's classic. Tasteful. Life imitates art.
2: <laughs>
1: Any other? Uh... Final thoughts from anyone?
7: Is anybody else kind of disappointed by the lack of food in this movie?
5: I saw one one tamale. (sighs) Yeah, what's that one thing
6: that he comes back from prison for? And like, was that a torta, a tamale? It's the best thing he's had in nine years.
4: Uh, He has the tamales in the beginning, and when he gets out. But there's also the pork chops. You know, I don't want his pork chop. I want his (laughs) life.
1: Well, let's get into yes or no i'll go first um first of all cheese zombie you've been a loyal friend to both our podcast and Corey's podcast big dumb movie appreciate you uh becoming a patreon i was very skeptical when you picked this Corey saying that he loved it and being excited uh gave me some confidence but then when i saw it, it was like three hours long and like none of my mutuals on Letterbox had even like seen it. I was like, I don't know what this is gonna be like.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Film Dylan hasn't seen this. What the fuck?
1: Not yet. Come on, Film Dylan.
7: I Simon hadn't seen this kid
1: I do not. I blocked I Simon. Ready, Funnel. steady, cut.
6: Hasn't seen this yet.
1: I. All of these people I hate It would never. That fall-
6: fucking caveman hasn't seen <laughs> it. <this? laughs> wow. Wow.
1: Although when Magic has a review, it's gonna be eerily similar to ours, which is where a movie he hasn't seen. Um But as we got into this and the movie unfolded, I'm I'm with Stevie. I wasn't feeling the bad hands, even in the first 10 minutes. There's a couple a couple performances, like the the white dad in Las Vegas and that black and white uh flashback, who's yeah, maybe not the best of the movie. There's not a lot of like mainstream star power in this movie right like we talked about movies like goodfellas or godfather and, and maybe they weren't who they were at the time but you know multiple oscar nominations for for like multiple members of that cast um but this movie is fucking compelling like i was not bored at all for a 3 hour movie and it's like the little conflicts but in the scenes that that i liked it's the humor and and sometimes over the topness of the characters and it's just a fucking good story. It's a it's a true epic. I'm invested in these characters throughout their three-hour journey. All three of like the main characters I I liked or loathed for different different reasons. Um very hard yes. Good pick, cheese zombie. And more people should see Blood in Blood Out or Bound by Honor. This is a very hard recommend. If you if you're listening to this podcast and you made it this far and you haven't seen the movie uh, give it a watch. More people should see this. Um, let's reverse it this time. Uh, we'll end in LA. We'll go east to west.
5: <laughs> end in LA. I
6: Why at last?
1: Well, then you go first, Josh. Yes. Or second.
6: <clears throat> Huge yes. I made a big mistake in judging this movie by its first 10 minutes. Because lo and behold, there's like 260 minutes left to watch boys uh it's it's so much of what i love in movies is wrapped up in this movie it has a great story with great characters and it's a slice of life that i have not lived and it feels like a truthful telling of that and i'm sure not everything that happens in the story happened in real life but that's not what I really mean it's just like the feeling of it feels like truth or something almost like Cruz's art you know I love that scene where he's like yes I'm still painting but they're different now they're more real <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. like really kissing me close face about it but that's what this movie is it's really more real than probably a lot of movies you'll see out there, and it's a gigantic, huge yes from your boys.
3: I forget who was Brett. Brett? Hey, sure. So, yeah, this is uh, Brett. I This movie has been on my radar for a really long time. I actually had a friend, or you could say a good acquaintance in high school. He was Hispanic. His name is EJ, and he just like used to rave about this movie, You gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. And I obviously I never did. Because you got time for that. But uh, Pappy and I had a good conversation about this movie. He asked me um, on a side chat about what I felt. And here's how I felt. You guys can be happy about it or not happy about it. I like this movie. It's a yes for me. But I felt that the acting was overall pretty bad. I thought the script overall, the dialogue overall was pretty bad. But it does get better. I think Benjamin Bratt like is really good in this movie, uh, acting wise. I just like again, I I just saw like a rage monster in Meek I just thought he was way over the top. I get that's the point. He's trying to prove himself, but I thought Santana was the best character in the movie. I really liked I mean, not Santana, Montana. Montana. I've literally been for the last 25 minutes, trying to figure out where I've seen that American me stabbing scene in a movie, someone's really sad watching it and it gets stabbed. And I thought it was off space. I just watched like almost a whole movie trying to find it, but it was role models. So I was close. <laughs> um, So, yes, uh, it does get better. I, I think the acting at the beginning is bad, but. I think they all get better when they're not trying to act like they're 17 or 18 years old. Definitely, yes, you should watch it all. And that's all I have to say about that.
1: All right, let's go Stevie, Mikey, and last Corey.
7: I think this is like more than a prison movie. This is a great family movie. Familia. Um, Not like it's good for, you know, great for the whole family, but like a good, a great movie about family. I think this is probably in the top 10 of movies that we've ever done on this podcast. Uh I think this is just a fantastic movie. Damn. It's brilliantly acted. It moves. It's a 3-hour movie, but it moves at a fantastic clip. Pat mentioned this. There's tension in every scene. Nothing is boring. Um it feels like a great slice of life and you know, having been around Mikey's family, my family, some of it like peered through. And it was just really neat to watch. So I'll give this the hardest of yeses. Fantastic choice by Cheese Zombie. Great pick. I'm happy I got to see it for the first time. And yeah, I'll probably watch it again.
5: Super hard, yes. Uh, I was totally entertained the entire three hours. I was not expecting that. When Josh started complaining about the first 10 minutes, I was, before I had even started the movie, I was certainly didn't feel up for the ride, but. Uh, Sorry. From the very beginning, I was in because, like, okay, this is either going to be like the cheesiest movie I've ever seen, like Fast and the Furious levels of acting. Or and then it just turned itself around and it was actually pretty compelling with like just a great story about all of these friends and family interconnecting this giant web of a story over the span of a decade that I thought was really good overall. Uh I was just uh super impressed with it and I had I had heard about it, but I had never watched it before. And like, yeah, I know Shea Sharano's profile picture is him with the shades on which now i get the context for and it's fucking awesome uh i think he looks super cool in that scene yeah i I just love the movie a whole bunch and uh the characters were just great and uh yeah you really feel the tension in a lot of the scenes so uh i think I, i i just don't understand i get why it's so long because it's but i just was that the intention the entire time? Because it feels like it's supposed to be like TV or something. And I feel like if I had watched this when it came out, like as a, a 20 year old or something, this would be like my breaking bad for the for the time or something. I just would just be so amazed by it. But um, it just, uh, yeah, it has that B movie feel, but it, it's still super compelling. Uh, super hard. Yes. Good choice. Cheese zombie.
7: Mikey if Netflix uh, remade this who would play Miklo? <laughs> uh
5: Chan- Channing Tatum. We all know. Oh, that's a good one. No, it's Timothy. It's Timothy. No. Uh, <laughs> it would get thrown through uh fucking I think window Miles Teller
7: could pull that off. I really do.
5: You have to
3: be at least yeah? somewhat Hispanic or it won't work. He grows a good mustache.
6: I think he could do it. Shit. Mikey, I was just trying to say sorry for complaining and after the first ten minutes. That's not it's not really how movies were made to be like taken in where you just watch ten or fifteen and then start typing up shit about it. So that's yeah. on me.
5: This is also like the last movie I expected to be like three hours and ten minutes long so like when you boot it up on youtube it's like holy shit i don't know what (laughs) (laughs) and the first five minutes is like this guy is just insane how he's acting miklo uh but yeah it's it's a ride the whole time
1: also yeah special thank you to cheese zombie of course but Whoever that brave motherfucker was who uploaded this three hour movie to YouTube flying in the face of any fair use or copyright law and had to remove a little bit of the Jimi Hendrix song, because that's the part that got flagged. That salute to you, sir.
3: If <laughs> you, you type <laughs> it if you type it into YouTube, the first three links are three full movies.
5: Like all four K baby. Yeah, like Let's I don't go. know. Yeah.
3: They don't care about that apparently or
7: Disney said let it go. Let it go.
3: <laughs>
1: Kyla
2: ah
4: yes blood in blood out I'm so glad that we watched this and did a podcast on it I have seen this movie so many times and I know I've mentioned this before, even kind of recently, but this movie just barely escaped my top 10 90s movie list. I made that list and I added more than 10 movies to it. And then I figured I would just kind of like rotate them around till I find found the right order. And that was, of course, on the CineStudy podcast. Check that out. But uh, Blood and Blood Out is still on that list. I pulled it up and it is number 16. So it didn't make the top 10. But good God, do I love this movie. <laughs> if you've seen this movie a lot or if it's been with you for a long time, I think you know that there's this like level of absurdity that is also like connected with this movie and it, some of it comes from the characters, some of it comes from the performances but it's so juicy and sweet. It's Just things like Big Al or like the way Popeye talks like even <laughs> when he's saying something serious like the parole board calls the shots like to me it's just funny And I think that's the case for a lot of people. You know, Al is fucking classic and ridiculous. But that stuff aside, like the weird, like, unusual dark humor that comes with this movie, it's just a great story. It's really fascinating. And it's really, like, close to home for me. And uh, it's... It's just something that's, like, I feel like part of, like, SoCal roots this movie. And, you know, it's like... uh, I don't know. I want to say it's like probably like the definitive Chicano movie, at least in my experience. Maybe someone has a better one, but I think it's got to be Blood and Blood Out. It's fucking classic, very quotable, just very enjoyable, really dramatic gut punching moments in this movie, too, that uh, just work so well, not undermined by the weird layer of comedy that comes hand in hand with this movie. Uh, I don't know what else to say other than it's just the hardest. Yes
6: happy yeah do John. we know any more about what jason cheese zombie like his reasons behind choosing this movie were like do you get the feeling he's got a little bit of miklo in him or something yeah hmm. maybe i don't know i think he has
1: blue eyes <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know
4: yeah he has that part
1: yeah i mean it's it's a great pick i i don't we don't do a lot of three hour plus movies on spoilers? No, but the fact that like not a single person like really even complained about the length in the lead up to the pod, I think speaks a lot to Mister Zombie's pick. So thank you very much. Jeez. He
4: actually messaged us on Patreon right, and he requested this movie, but he had a moment of doubt where he almost pivoted, and I talked to him and uh, the pivot was going to be the movie Dread, the Carl Urban Judge Dread movie.
2: Mm. which is
4: also like just like a great action movie, like fucking amazing. Really good. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I might have swayed him because I said I love Blood and Blood Out personally a lot, but it's up to you, whatever you want to pick, so I might have pulled him <laughs> back to Blood and Blood Out. But I told him that we can do Dread at, at some point, and you know, I'm sure one of us will pick it eventually because it's just a great movie.
1: Mm-hmm great taste in movie cheese uh movies cheese great taste in podcast we appreciate that um part of spoilers roots and as this podcast has gone on i've started to connect the dots because josh volunteered to do some trivia but i'm now literally terrified that's going to be subjective trivia based on accents especially from (laughs) his opening (laughs) opening question josh do do you have trivia and, and is it subjective
6: I have trivia, but you asked me if I would do trivia. It's not like I was like, hey, Pat, let me do trivia, bud.
1: You don't like to Come participate on. in the trivia. You like to be the game master, pulling the strings. Ooh, the, meek do, well I, with the group. do
6: I have yeah. a game for you tonight, boys? You are going to love this. Mikey, are you all set? I'm set. Can I go pee real quick? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, can we take a quick spoiler man break, Pap? And Are come we doing trivia to the
7: Mexican hat dance?
5: If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilerspodcast.
1: And we're back. Thanks again to all the Patreons, but a special thank you to Cheese Zombie. Josh, you teased the trivia before the break, and you had to coordinate with Mikey, and you're playing some Name That Tune. So what do we have in store for tonight?
6: (laughs) It's not Name That Tune. It's not that at all. But the order I got for us tonight is Pappy, Stevie, Brett, Kylo. And when it's your turn, I'll roll a number, and it corresponds to a quote. And you have to tell me who said that quote. And uh, there's three people it could be. And what my inspiration was is that this movie is all about the streets. Wouldn't you guys agree? Oh. Oh, (laughs) The
4: characters from the movie?
6: So one person could be Mike Skinner of the streets. I hate you so much. This also has Chicano music. So I listened to some... Chicano music <laughs> on my way home and I my favorite of those that I listen to is Lil Rob so it could be a
2: Ooh, could be now. a Lil Rob quote That's a get down music yeah. right there All
6: right. and then uh, lastly so I don't know. since we got a west coast thing going on I figured it'd be right to get an east coast and it could possibly be a Jay-Z quote so your job is to tell me if it's a streets
3: <laughs> no Cypress Hill.
6: It's either gonna be streets. It's either gonna or Lil Rob or Jay Z. I'm also gonna roll a random music track for Mikey to play in the background to maybe throw you off or tip you off, depending. Are on you how doing it goes. accents? Are you doing Jay Z? You know, that's the thing. <laughs> you guys, dish- Mikey does a really good Jay Z. At we the beginning of the pod, I asked you about accents. I wasn't thoroughly convinced that they're they're good to go, so we're just gonna do say they were bad, the Martin right? Supermarket accent, and that's that's actually the track that Mikey lost. We did have Martin Supermarket music. We're gonna play. They don't
5: have any jingles on YouTube. <laughs>
6: <laughs> that, I, I don't
7: understand. Let them burn. <laughs> Horrific customer service.
6: <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, come on! I disagree. Okay, but Pap, you're Mike's first. Mike Jay Z, Country Club one? prices. Yes.
5: Little What's Rob. One?
2: Little
6: Rob. Okay. Yeah, Little Rob. We usually do. You miss and you're out. I, I love Let's the high that. stakes. Okay. Okay. Here we go, Pappy. Yep. Okay. Mikey. There we go. Mm. In the eyes of society, I need to be in jail for the choice of herbs I inhale. Little Rob Pappy it's a streets Lyric oh. <laughs> From the song the irony of it all Classic Mike's gonna Enjoy it right there so Sorry buddy mm. Dang I got way Too many of these for it to be a run, one Rounder but here we go Alright Stevie you're up Mikey Hey now mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oldies in the backdrop Playing out the ragtop The streets on my playground And I'm tearing up the blacktop
7: <sighs> Could be any of these people I think I know
6: What's for lunch?
7: Um that sounds like such a Jay Z line. I'll go with who is Jay
3: Z. Gots to be Jay Z. Ah, Little Rob.
7: Oh wait, oh, no. it's
1: a bloodbath <laughs> out
2: here.
3: That was such a Jay Z rhyme. You're right, Stevie. Dang. Sounds like it. such a Jay Z line, Brett. Well, no, it rhymed. <gasps> it, it rhymed too well to be Jay Z. But he's so good. Meh.
1: Gotta be honest, I'm not familiar
6: with Little Rob's oeuvre. Little Maybe problem. it should be two strikes here out. This is, That's fine, Josh. Two's yeah. fine. Yeah. Two's fine.
7: Yeah, Back Josh's in the game? game's gonna suck. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm, giving
6: pa- I'm giving Pappy and Stevie the strike first. He's okay. got a green mushroom. All right. Yeah, you got a one-up. Here we go, There Brett. it is. You ready for this, Brett? Ready.
3: Give me now.
6: The world's an ugly place, but she is such a sight to see the kind of woman that would put up a fight for me.
3: Sounds like Bay. Wait, say it again. Oof.
6: Come on, man. It's tough. The world's an ugly place, but she is such a sight to see. The kind of woman that would put up a fight for me.
3: I was I'm, gonna just say using my
6: Martin's, I'm using my Martin's accent here. Mid-Indiana.
3: Can you do it in a Hispanic East L.A. accent?
6: What do you think uh, it is, Brett? I'll just
3: say Jay-Z.
6: It's another little Rob! Oh, it's
3: a little here. Rob again! Oh. <laughs> Greatest right, rapper we'll... alive! Okay.
2: Yeah, little
7: Rob. He's too good. That shifty little Rob.
1: Wispy lad.
7: <laughs> He's so wispy.
6: <laughs> we got more of this beat. Here is your line, Kyla. If you grew up with holes in your zapatos you'd celebrate the minute you was having dough.
2: What?
4: I am not going to know the answer to any of these, so I'm going to guess on all of them. This particular guess is, uh, what's his name? Um, I already forgot. Jay-Z.
6: It is Jay-Z. From oh, it's from his song, 99 Problems. Yeah. You may that recognize like that lyric.
7: Four guesses in a row going to land on one.
6: <laughs> Mikey, you ready? Yep. Okay. There you go. Mmm.
2: Mmm. Mm.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. I feel all right. Cruising through my neighborhood on a warm summer night. All right, if
5: I was the streets,
6: I'll feel good. Oh, uh, fair, right.
5: Cruising in my street on a warm summer night. Does it get warm out there?
7: Warm to them is like fifty and rainy.
5: Uh, geez. Hmm. I'm gonna say Little Rob.
6: It is a Little Rob right, joint. Little nice. Rob strikes again. It's From a "Summer Nights" song, Pappy. This mm. truly is for elimination at this point. You ready? Yep. Okay. I have
3: a streets instrumental for you, Josh. If you want.
6: Oh, we we're good. We're good. Oh, you got it. (sighs) Here we go, Pat. So I take a puff and another puff. Exhale, then I take a breather. The streets sounds right. That's a little Rob That's from his oh song, Natural
1: God. High. So, so many little course, Robs. Dude. <laughs> he's prolific. He's, he's William Shakespeare over here. I don't think there's one little Rob. There's a conglomerate of them. Stevie, here we go. this like such a streets lyric. How could one man write so much?
7: <laughs> and do so little. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Put there some
5: respect so little on little down. Rob's name.
6: Gosh, his picture is hilarious. Okay. Mm. You ready for this, Stevie? Mm, You know it, girl. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) Easy there, Al. Pull out your sack and sit back. Whether you white or black, smoke weed, chase brown or toot rock. (sighs) Pull
5: out your sack.
6: <laughs> Say that again. Pull out your sack and sit back with a white or black box. Smoke weed chase brown and two rock
7: black. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst rappers. Um, <laughs> uh, doesn't matter if you want a block. black. Um, <laughs> pull out your sack. <laughs> Sack. Yeah. Which
5: sack are you re- referring to there, <laughs> <Yeah>. sir? <laughs> we we get it,
6: Mikey.
7: <laughs> I'm just, for expediency sake, I'm going to say Mike Skinner in the streets. It is the street, Steve. You're oh, still the game. I was trying to miss it. God damn it. <laughs>
6: here, here we go, Mikey. sending you Brett's number for another music track. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Fuck the other side. They're jealous. We got a banquet full of broads. They got a table full of fellas.
3: Well, as we know, Lil, everyone knows about Lil Rob is he's a clean rapper. He doesn't cuss. So Is that right? Is that no. right? <laughs> like you? Uh, uh, oh. No, I'm sure it's not. Straight edge uh, rapper. I will say... Jay Z.
6: That is that's from his song "Run This Town."
2: Yep,
6: Kylo. Kylo, whatever words I say to you, I, I would love it if you repeated them back to me in the streets' voice because I've loved hearing <laughs> some of the other guys do it. But here, here is the quote you got: <laughs> "Unbearable blues." Some terrible tools to drugs and tattoos.
4: Uh, I only know of the streets and I've heard the voice from you guys. So it would actually be me doing an impression of you guys. Yeah. Doing an impression. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. I, and I'm just not that talented.
6: Unbearable blues. Some terrible tools to drug and tattoos. Uh, I'm going to have Lil Rob. That is little Rob. Wow. He's on
3: fire, everybody. That's Shifty kind of a rod.
6: tight little line he's got there. It's not bad. Okay, here we go. Mikey, this one's for you. Okay. Hopefully we're not wearing out in the songs too bad. Here it is, Mikey. And if you get a knife from behind, know you're nice and in front. Do it, do it.
2: Hmm.
5: Uh doesn't sound like anybody in particular
6: to me, so I'm just gonna say Jay-Z. That is a Mike Skinner the streets talking about stabbing. Say it again, Josh. Stick the knife. If you get a knife from behind, no. If you your get a knife, knife <laughs> if you a knife from behind. If you get a knife
5: from behind.
6: Do it, do it.
5: Oi, Gavna. If you get a knife from behind.
6: All right, Mikey, you got one strike. You're still in the game. Pappy, you are out. So we're gonna continue yeah. back up to me. Mimi mites
7: grabbing our swords, getting you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think yeah. that's what they did. The bonafide, they got him in the back.
6: Here we go. Who's up, Stevie?
3: Oh, okay.
7: Pappy, not Pappy. He's out. I'm
6: He's out. Ah, like, oh, fuck. Mike, I just sent you the numbers. Yeah, there we go. Got it. Big pimping again here. Let's go. Here's the quote, Stevie. This is everyday tit for tat. You owe your dealer and can't pay him back.
7: This is everyday tit for tat. (laughs) You owe your dealer and can't pay him back.
6: Hey, that works. (laughs) Happy cynical.
1: (laughs) That sounded right.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Not cynical. (laughs) I just love
7: doing that. Uh, I was gonna say it's Mike Skinner in the streets. I know it's not right, but it, it makes me
6: laugh. Yes, it's the streets. Let's yeah. go. Oh yes.
7: <laughs> Every day, tip for top. Yeah. Oh, you did There's plenty of streets
6: box. left. <laughs> Don't even worry about running out of streets or a little rap. Okay. Here's the next quote.
3: <laughs> it's equally not a good impression and the best impression of all time at the same time.
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brett, you ready for this? Oh, oh yeah. Can you hear it,
5: Josh? Are you keeping track of the strikes?
6: I am. I, oh, okay. Brett I has one
3: ready. Stay steady. Yep. Come on, ready.
6: Here we go. Up in the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the golden rule.
3: Oh God, this sounds like 1979 rap. Um, <laughs> say again.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Up in the morning and out to school, the teacher is you know, teaching the golden rule.
3: Teachers teaching
2: the golden rule. <laughs> you <guys laughs> gotta run it all through <laughs> the I'll
3: say Mike Skinner in the streets.
6: That's a little Rob joint ah, threat. Oh. I'm
3: so sorry. Both Kylo my, I you're... missed. I thought we we're little Rob and I went with somebody
6: else. Kylo, right. you're in, buddy.
3: Oh, he's on fires.
4: No yeah, strikes.
6: I Kylo essay. Doing good. See more. Here we go. If you boys really real enough, this is La Familia. I'll explain later. Hello, uh, Rob. That is another Jay-Z line from Run This Town. You guys catch See, that one? See, he tricked you there. We're he able spoke to Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. He tricked me, motherfucker. It was a tricky one. Steve, oh, no, Mikey. You gotta, you gotta do it, Mikey. Mikey, our text messages are getting insane this <laughs> morning. <laughs> okay, here's yours. We put grifa in our pipas. We love our hefitas, homemade tortillas, and 12 oh, packs gosh. of frias. In the pipa. Uh, <laughs> say it again. We put Grifa in our Pipas. We love our Hefitas, homemade tortillas, and 12-pack Frias. Sorry, no tortillas.
7: <laughs> my Skinner wouldn't say it like
6: that. Yeah. I think that's going to be Lil Rob. That's a Lil Rob joint. Thank <laughs> you. That's me out of my misery.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. He definitely wouldn't pronounce the T in Hefitas. It'd be Hefitas.
7: My Skinner probably would call him Fajitas. <laughs>
6: Stevie. Vegeta. <laughs> You're up, buddy. What's happening, Captain? Here we go. Oh let's go. This one's fat like your mother contains enough calories.
7: I don't think they go gonna buy calories over there across the pond.
6: Say it again. Now, this one's fat like your mother, contains enough calories.
7: This one's fat like your mother, contains enough calories. (laughs) Uh, I'll say Mr. Jay Z.
6: That's the streets. Yeah, Mike Mike Skinner in the streets. Damn, Kylo, to stay stay alive and force Mikey into this uncomfortable position. Stay
3: alive. You haven't missed any, right?
1: He missed one.
6: He missed he one. Missed the last one.
3: Oh, did he? Well-
6: <laughs> Cracks me up. <laughs> okay, here we go. I cook him at ninety degrees Fahrenheit and don't copy the copyright. Oh, well, that's
4: a giveaway. <laughs> um, the So it's one of the uh, non-British people. So I'm going to guess uh, Jay-Z.
6: Unfortunately, the streets know all the lingo. They do talk about Fahrenheit sometimes. That was Mike Skinner no! of the streets. Oh, <laughs> wow. Tricked me twice. Ah, Jay-Z did get sued for copyright
7: for Big Pimpin'.
3: Also, yeah, one of the three rappers in that song is dead. I know it's kind of my thing. So, Right, <laughs> you are the death guy. Yeah. Rest, and, rest in peace, it. Pimp C.
6: There was one that I really wanted you guys to hear and I didn't get to it.
2: But. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Did you give me one, Josh? No,
6: you're the winner, Mikey.
5: Oh, I won? Oh, oh shit. damn. Shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good Let's go, job, money. Well, Josh didn't say anything. I I'll sorry. Take.
6: I, Kylo was out, and you were the last one left. So maybe you I'll should take. play that big pimpin' song and take yourself. Out. Yeah. Oh,
5: okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Uh, feels incredible to win blood and blood out trivia. Uh, this is just Patreon, right? I'm not choosing a movie or anything. No. Okay. Uh, great choice. Uh, Chez Cheese Zombie uh just came out of nowhere was not expecting such a great movie from such a long movie uh for free on youtube but uh i had a lot of fun with it and uh i think this is one of our best podcasts it was a lot of fun to record and uh i think we all had a lot of fun so thanks for the patron uh money and uh yeah this was spoilers
6: thanks jason thanks cheese
5: G-G. Special thank you to our patrons.
0: Troll.
6: You even addicted some of our own soldados to Coca.
0: Brother Brian. You no
6: know, can do, carnal. Nick. Now they're
0: going to take us apart piece by piece. está cayendo? The Meg. I lost my fucking leg. My family back home. This is all I got left.
6: Nurse Stacy. You're not the leader here. The Wall.
0: Will you stand with me, carnal? Barky420 got familia raza spencer
6: i say onda's not with you you do what you have to do without us
0: swole pcp
6: is
0: very explosive dr Law. if you're successful tomorrow you'll become one of us if you fail you die PK! Hit a man here, or here, and he dies instantly. Druid King.
2: I hate to lose such a handsome customer.
0: Cheese zombie. What I know now, bro that I need my familia to do it. We all do. Even you, pinche jura. Badass cop. <laughs> Don't back yeah. away, Vato. Life's a risk, carnal. Remember, you said it yourself. Pues step into the ring and throw down ese. You a badass? Take care of business, Holmes. Caiga, puto. Because we're from East Los, ese. We come out chased by hounds. Ah. Round and round we go, wearing a pinche rabbit's foot for luck, just ahead of the fucking hounds. Kill all.
2: That was spoilers.